2: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
0: New at VoicesOfWrestling.com this week, Case Lowe says goodbye to Mad Blanky, Warren Taylor looks at the passion of Puro fans, plus thoughts on Bailey, Enzo, and Big Cass, and Rich Kreich deconstructs the notion that Triple H was punished after the curtain call. We got your reviews of NXT, Total Divas, Ring of Honor, Raw, SmackDown, and more up on the website. And as a reminder, if you're doing any Amazon shopping, please consider using our Amazon affiliate link. There's no extra cost to you, and VoicesOfWrestling.com is supported by a portion of the purchase. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon, and you can also shop at WWE Shop. WWE Shop can be found at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Use discount code Voices 5 at checkout. That's WWE, Voices, and the number five, for 5% off orders of 35 or more. Voicesofwrestling.com will be your one-stop shop for road to destruction coverage. Be sure to check Voicesofwrestling.com for coverage of the entire tour, all at Voicesofwrestling.com. Do I have everybody's attention now?
2: Match, and I'm standing and pacing it like that.
1: He's just Mikazi now. He's not, okay,
2: so, so, so Mika- he's not a kid anymore. He's a man. He's a man Mikazi. Mika- he got PWS Superstar by <laughs> and He was gone in two levels.
1: in go in go in go Look at that! The man of You're missing a B there, but
2: that's... There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. <laughs> we it, world yeah, like, oh, are you having a wank, are you? And it's like, No! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out. Go listen to some boring podcast. With her, with her, afraid of her own shadow. Okay, don't listen to Joe Lanza. Joe Lanza's not changing.
1: And Rich <laughs>
2: Give me a name. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. I am internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist, Joe Lanza, and I am here <laughs> with... Wow.
1: <laughs> I gotta fix the levels. That was well, so listen, loud. Listen, you, you,
2: you asked ask me to do the intro.
1: <laughs> and then you cut me off in the middle of it? Well, everyone's everyone's fucking earbuds are exploding. Okay, go ahead. Go Ex- ahead. Sorry.
2: Excuse me, sir.
1: <laughs> go ahead. Let me
2: clear my throat. <clears> throat. I am internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist Joe Lanza here with brand new Hall of Fame voter Rich Kreutz, you know, I- I'm going to put you over and then you cut me off. It's unbelievable.
1: Oh, well, no, well, that's that's what. Yeah, yeah, it's fine.
2: You know, you've worked very hard for it's
1: this. Such a it's such a rarity that you put me over, though. So I just assume it doesn't matter. So
2: you worked very hard for this,
1: and you complained about it for two years, and, and that's really what did it. It was just the massive complaining and the bothering of Dave <laughs> on the on the email, where he finally said, "You know what? Here, just shut up, just stop."
2: And then I have this nice intro planned mm-hmm. to put you over, and before I even get halfway through. <laughs> you cut me off and you bury me. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. So now that you're a Hall of Fame voter, Mr. Kreich, mm-hmm. um, after lots of hard work.
1: Two long, years, arduous years. Yeah.
2: All of your pals putting in the good word for you, including yours truly.
1: Thank
2: you. And, uh, and, and getting you in. Um, do, do you finally do, – does it – see, here's the thing though. Everyone was saying, Rich, why don't you just ask Dave for a ballot? But I can see why you didn't do that because no, that's, that's, in, that's... it's like inviting yourself to a party. It's 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 exactly it's right. Yeah, you know what I mean. You want to earn it. No,
1: I, I want him to say this man deserves this. And here you go.
2: It's like if you ever been around I... sitting around the office, right? And someone's like, "Hey, you know, Ralph is having a party, right?" <laughs> And 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 you're like, oh, I I didn't get invited to Ralph's party, and they're like, oh man, go ask him. I'm sure he'll let you come. You, you never go ask Ralph. So,
1: oh god, no, no. It's, I go as far away from Ralph as humanly possible. That's embarrassing. I, just, I avoid talking to Ralph because then I feel like someone's gonna say, hey, did you invite Joe or did you invite Rich or whatever. So I just avoid Ralph the rest of the day. Yeah, because last because he- then I don't want the pity vote. Oh hey, Rich, uh, having a party on Saturday. Do you want to come? Because I know that somebody already at. Like he, I wasn't in the first pool. To be asked, so no, I'm not gonna want like the second ask, you know.
2: Everybody knows at that point that Ralph doesn't want you at his party, and it's just it's just a pity thing. So I and he's
1: saying that, but he really doesn't want you to come. Exactly, mean he, that you're gonna say no, 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 no. Ralph doesn't that want you in his steal, house. He, yeah, right. He
2: thinks you're gonna steal his silverware. There's something going on there. <laughs> Ralph does not want you in his house, so I can see why you, you didn't go asking because now it feels like you've earned it. Exactly, and that and that and that's much better. But I, but I will say. Um, when I first got the ballot, which was a complete shock two years ago, I had no clue. I, I, it just comes out of nowhere. He just it sends you a random email. It's usually a reply to a weird email that you send. I, I did not
1: personally. get a reply. I, get, I got a uh, normal email that was sent to me. The only problem was, I don't know, did you get this, where uh, the entire uh, body of the email was in the subject? Did you get that as well? <laughs> no, I did not get oh. that, but
2: that's that, my- that's unique. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell is this?" I thought it was spam. It for like, I don't know how my spam builders didn't find this as spam. It was so. It was like a, a two thousand character like subject line, and I was like, "There's no." I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, yeah, it has the entire like everything that he types out and copies and pastes or whatever is in the subject line for me. So, well,
2: that is that's a very Dave thing to do.
1: Yes, exactly. From his Juno account I'm, that I believe his dad owns.
2: <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. Uh, it's her Juno, right? Absolutely. Yeah. H.S. Meltzer <laughs> at Juno.com. <laughs> right, yeah. right. What does the
1: H.S. stand for? Does anybody uh, know? I think his, his, his dad's name is Herb, I think. Because if you go to a YouTube channel, there's a YouTube channel of, have you ever seen that where Dave goes around his house? Yes. And like sips through his. That is, I believe, uploaded by a man named Herb Meltzer, who I assume is like, let me, let me see if that's true.
2: So wait a minute. You tell me the infamous Dave Meltzer Juno email account is actually not even his. It's like his dad's email account.
1: I think that might be true.
2: Herb Meltzer is a real person?
1: <laughs> Let me see if this is it. Uh, Dave Meltzer, YouTube. Let's see what we got here live. This is fascinating video. I, 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 this, I never to be solved. Yeah, all right. Uh, Dave Meltzer's Ice Bucket Challenge is not what we're looking for here. Come on. Uh, where the hell is the freaking... What the hell is that while, thing called? Where he's, like, look his looking house. for
2: yeah. it, by the way, that Dave Meltzer Ice Bucket Challenge, there's such a Dave <laughs> moment at the end of that. Where he, he pours the water on his head and he just goes yep yep that was cold. <laughs>
1: right, such a, yep.
2: that that is such a Dave way to react to having <laughs> I,
1: I, you know it's it's cold it it's you know yeah
2: and then cold. it just cuts off at the <laughs> yeah, exact right. most uh, at yeah, the perfect awkward moment it, it's just a beautiful thing that that ice bucket challenge video um yeah I can't find yeah that. well anyway if anyone knows what the HS stands for maybe it's something obvious maybe it is this Herb Meltzer that you're referring I have no idea I've always wondered what the HS and the HS Meltzer at Juno dot uh, com stood for. I have no idea. But now that you have a ballot sent to you in the subject line of an email, <laughs> what the first thing that went through my head when I when I when I took a look at the ballot a couple years ago, um, you know, when you're not a voter, and it may be different for you since we've been talking about it for two years and everything.
1: Not to interrupt you, but uh, yes, the 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 video of like Dave on his like CTR, CRT monitor with like papers everywhere and lucha masks, you know that one? Yes uploaded by a man named Herbert Meltzer.
2: Does he have a brother? I never hear him talking about a brother.
1: I don't know. Herbert Meltzer looks pretty old and the only two and he looks like Dave. Oh, you have he a looks like no, There's other. a photo
2: of Herbert Meltzer.
1: Yes, would you like to I'll, I'll just link you. Well, I'll link you on the Skype. This is interactive, an interactive podcast sure right? is. Everybody listening we're, has no idea what we're,
2: it. we're great with the technology around here.
1: Yeah, here you go. Let's see. Boom. Okay. And people can find it too. Uh, just look up Herbert Meltzer on YouTube, I think. He didn't name his channel. It's just a mess. But the only two videos he ever uploaded were the two videos of Dave walking around his house.
2: That is an older gentleman. It
1: doesn't it look like an old
2: Dave? It could be Dave's dad. This could be the case.
1: Like nose looks pretty similar. Like you know, obviously a little bit you know extra poundage, but yeah. It's just
2: the two videos of Dave walking around his house
1: with terrible titles as P one zero two zero six five. Well, you know what that is. Those are
2: just the generic auto (laughs) right, like because
1: he got like a point and shoot camera or whatever, and correct. he was like Dave. I want to try this point and shoot out. And Dave's like, oh, I mean, okay. I mean, we'll we'll go around the house if you want. <laughs> like you know, like he was over for Sunday dinner or something, and decided to walk around the house. Yeah. But... So then
2: he didn't bother renaming the videos. <laughs> right. So that's what that's all about. But yeah, maybe that's what the HS is. You could most certainly be on. You think is this man old enough to maybe where Dave takes care of him and he lives there?
1: I don't know that. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, I don't know
2: but he's had that email address for, for I mean, decades. forever. decades yeah, i i don't
1: yeah it's like really the does.
2: advent of the internet he's had that Well, email. it's
1: fucking juno it's juno.com yes. you know? i mean that that dates it that dates it as 1998 right there like
2: we've discussed this i'm shocked that that server still works like
1: how does it i don't know how it does i, I mean like one day he's going to be shocked when it just says stops working you know what i mean it's Stops working pretty, pretty. He hasn't had any issues. Because there's like a hamster. There's like one hamster that's on a wheel that's keeping that thing going, and like some guy at some point is in in, in his basement or something. There's a server, and he's gonna eventually move out and go. What the hell is this server? And just pull the plug, and then that the one person still using Juno, Dave, will be completely out of like, I my email doesn't work anymore. Damn it. Well, he went. You know what he, I mean? Like, that's, well, he
2: went through a stretch there where his email was malfunctioning like every yes. other week. Um, that hasn't been the case for a while. The hamster
1: died. Yes, the hamster that's I, keeping yeah. the server alive died, and then.
2: Absolutely bizarre this Juno email. But um so like I was saying, when I first got the ballot, the first thing that went through my head was, you know, before you have a ballot, you think to yourself, Oh, this guy belongs, this guy belongs, I'd vote for this guy, I'd vote for 15 different people. Then when you really look at it and you have the responsibility in your hands, it kind of went the opposite of me, where I was like, I became real conservative. I was like, Oh, hold on now. I, I really gotta I think this through. I'm not gonna vote for this guy, nah, not second thought, this guy. Now that you have it and you're looking at it. And you know that your vote counts. Has have any, has your mindset changed at all in terms of, oh, of Some of the people,
1: absolutely. It, it's been a lot more stressful in terms of just just basically like looking at the names. And a, a, another thing as well is that because um, you know we do this on a public forum and we reveal our ballots. If I was doing a secret ballot, maybe I'd just kind of go ah, whatever. You know, no one's going to really know. But the fact that we are vocal uh-huh. on here, you know, throughout the month, we're going to have coverage, and then we're going to do you know a, a final podcast at the end where everybody that that on the website that has a ballot is going to you know mention their ballot talk about who they voted for all that sort of stuff so knowing that's a public forum yeah I mean the stress level right now is like okay I can't just make a pick like willy-nilly I can't just say yeah that guy without like really being able to defend it you know what I yes. mean because people are gonna go oh my god why you know x or whatever and, and you know or why not Howard x more Finkel. More. yeah or yeah why not yeah oh you didn't vote for you know now it's a lot more where yeah i would come on these podcasts before and go yeah that guy deserves to get in yeah that guy deserves, but no, you know I would never say i never came up with a ballot because there was no point for me to do that so no I do have an extra stress level now of like oh shit like in this next month I really gotta like put a list together of okay these are guys that I really like or these guys that I think could do it but then really go out there and make sure that I research them and vote because I'm not one of those people that it's gonna some people do that some people even do that with you know the baseball hall of fame and the basketball hall of fame and the people that vote on those they get the ballot and then within a week or or within a day even some guys just write it down okay this guy's a hall of famer you know they do the eye test is that guy a hall yeah just do if I you'll see this guy's name do I think hall of famer yeah check or whatever you know, we, we know our community. We know the, the wrestling community. You can't do that. You know, you know. I, I vote for Howard Finkel. I better fucking be able to back that up. You, you know what I mean? Like, people are just going to go, oh, Howard Finkel, that's cool. Like, that's not what's going to happen. So that's every vote that you do, every everything that you do really, really counts and is really important. And, and especially on this platform, we're going to have people, you know, knowing who I voted for. So, yeah, I, I'm right with you. It's this extra stress level of, oh, my God, I better make sure that I really, really – think this guy's a Hall of Famer before I just throw his name down there and vote on it. So, no, it's absolutely changed my mentality.
2: Yeah, and I, I personally have never voted for more than four or five people in a given year anyway. I'm very conservative with who I vote for. Um, have you decided what categories you're going to vote in?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so I am doing here one sec. We, we talked about these before. And, and one of the reasons is and – and we've come on – again, in previous years, we've done these podcasts where we'll talk about every single category. And I, you know, at least to some level think I know a little bit about a few guys in every single category – For the purposes of voting, though, I'm going to stay out of a bunch because I just I I don't feel right doing it. You you know, like the historical performers, I'm not doing. There are a few in there and it might be depending on who I do for non-wrestlers. I might have to change because obviously the non-wrestlers do count in that if they're historical non-wrestlers or whatever. That one, for the most part, I'm going to stay out, though, because I just don't think I can do it justice. You you know, putting a vote in for whoever i'm just throwing a name out like john Tolis or whatever if i say yeah john Tolis, you know he, he was really big draw in california and all this sort of stuff if i just throw a vote at him and then don't really research all these other guys properly i feel bad you know what i mean yes. like then it's like well shit you drew everybody else's percentage down i'm not going to do that so i'm not doing historical modern u.s obviously going to do that one uh, i followed japan i'm going to do that one i followed mexico absolutely <laughs> staying out of that one completely because i i can't even begin to try to think of of you know, of doing the research for that and knowing that there's so many other people that do it and do it better and do it well. So, yeah, they, that that I'm not really going to do uh, uh, wrestling in Europe. I also I'm probably not going to do um, we, we've had a lot of discussions on this forum or on the forums and, you know, on these podcasts about the, that category. And I feel like I know a decent amount about it, but not enough where I really feel confident in voting. Um, and then the Australia, Pacific Islands, Caribbean. I'm going to stay out of that one. And then obviously I'll do non-wrestlers. So I'm going to do modern Japan uh, and non wrestlers, but otherwise, I'm gonna stay out of the rest just because I, I just don't think it's fair. You know, if I, put a, if I put one vote for one guy, I don't wanna drag those other guys down percentage wise because I, I just, I'm not gonna be able to do the research worthy enough for historical or whatever. So
2: I completely agree. And we talk about it all the time. I think um, a lot of people really need to just, uh, there's probably some voters who probably need to just stay in their wheelhouse um, for that reason. You know, I, I think um, what's happening in some of the categories, uh, if you study the voting totals, is maybe, you know, people will see a recognizable name in a region that they're not all that familiar with, vote for that name. But in essence, you're then voting no for everybody else and dragging their percentage down along with that. So I don't necessarily think that's fair. That's why I struggled with the Carlos Colon vote um, so much over the last two years. And the first year I stayed out of it, and the second year, I, I really felt so strongly that Cologne belongs in that. You know, I, I studied the rest of those guys in that weird miscellaneous category, and and made sure that I at least had some kind of, um, you know, surface knowledge of their of their candidacy. Because the year before, I knew nothing about you know half of that category.
1: Just Mario it, Milano. <laughs> I couldn't you Your the boy. first
2: thing about Mario. So you know, uh, you know, I I had people send me stuff. And I went over some stuff, and I felt comfortable enough to where none of the others jumped off the page uh, at me as Hall of Famers, except for my boy King Kong Zaya, who fell off the ballot.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. I, I was looking for his name earlier. He's
2: No, I think me and Matt Farmer were the only two people who voted for him.
1: <laughs> we're, were the two people who, who – who... Yeah, what did he have percent-wise? Here, I, I got the Mookie Ghana thing here up. Uh, let's see. Where was he? I, I don't think he did very well. I think –
2: I don't think uh, yet. Of. I think it just came up.
1: Uh, oh, he did. <laughs> oh no, no, no. He had a. Uh, oh yeah, zero. Yeah. So it came up as like no vote.
2: Yeah. Right. So. He got and I. I and I know for a fact that I voted for him. And I'm assuming if Matt Farmer was the other person who asked to have him put on the ballot, and I think he was, um, I would assume that he voted for him if he asked to have him put on the ballot. Um, but I mean, so. Yeah, so this year, I mean, I'll vote for Cologne again, and I won't vote for anybody else in that category. But I'm with you; it'll just be, you know, U.S., Canada, modern, and um, and Japan. I don't vote historical. I'm not going to vote historical until everyone is until it's all Hulkamania era guys and moving forward. Sure, because that sure. I have a working. Not, I you know, I it's it's. You still have guys on there who peaked in the '60s. I can't, you know, I, it's not fair.
1: Okay, give me your Red Bastine hot take.
2: Well, actually, I like Red Bastine a lot. I don't like him as a Hall of Famer, right. but um, you know, he's actually one of my uh, favorite wrestlers ever, actually. But I mean, I, I don't, I just, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah, there's there's other examples there that it's like I know, you know, I don't know enough about him, so it's just not fair. But yeah, so yeah, let's just see what categories you're going for now. Like you said, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with this. You're going to be writing plenty of stuff. We have some podcasts planned, at least a rough framework of a couple. We're not going to do a podcast for every region like we did last year. We agreed on that, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so uh, don't expect that, but we are going to have some content as we move along. The deadline, I think, is the first week of October, but the results aren't released until November,
1: correct? So... If that's right about. So we're, we might do stuff even after the ballots come out just because it's going to be so hard to pack everything into this month yeah so it, it's it doesn't do it justice if it so and, and that's one of the things that i mentioned i wrote an, uh, an introduction on the website today just to kind of give people an idea of it and, and give people give people a reason why you know you and i or this entire site why we love covering this because some people kind of roll their eyes and they go who cares it's you know a fictional hall of fame the guys don't have ceremonies it's it's a wrestling hall of fame. who cares and I, I had to mention that you know this is something that you and i have for God, going on a decade now, have argued about Hall of Fames. Not necessarily wrestling Hall of Fames, but you know, basketball Hall of Fames, Baseball Hall of Fame, specifically baseball hall of fame, going back to our mad mania and the virtual sports network days or whatever, it's always something we've been into as Hall of Fames. So that's a big reason why we do it. And we think it's just kind of cool and it's fun. And it it leads to more than anything, it leads to research about guys. And I think that's what's the most important part is that, you know, in, in the end, who gets in and who doesn't really doesn't matter. But I like to think that I educate myself. That's every single year, and that's why I've done work even when you know I didn't have a ballot is I just like knowing about these guys, researching these guys, talking about these guys, finding out more. That's, that's interesting. You might find a guy that you, you know, like we just mentioned, a Red Bastine. Joe just said that's one of his favorite guys ever. If you go up on YouTube and go, hey, Red Bastine, let me find out, that's a success, and that's the biggest thing that we want to do throughout the month. So don't think of it as us hyper-focusing on, oh, this guy should get it and that guy should get it, even though we say that. The biggest point is just to, to, to gain exposure for these guys and just to, to learn more about wrestling history, and and, and current wrestling as well. So that's that's basically it.
2: So First Instinct, gun to your head, September 10th, Randy Orton, Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer? I'm going to go with no. Okay. First Instinct, gun to your head, September 10th, Shinsuke Nakamura, Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer?
1: Mm, No.
2: Now – Remember, you're not committing your vote here.
1: Exactly, yes.
2: Uh, Same deal. Shima.
1: Shima's an interesting one. Um, Yes.
2: Brian Danielson. Yes. Who's the other new guy? Oh, Uh, AJ Styles is back. AJ Styles.
1: Yeah, no, right now, but he's a good contender for future. Not right now, though.
2: Interesting. See, Brian Danielson. Anyone who's ever listened to this, it's a no-brainer. here's the thing with Brian Danielson to me: if you if you don't vote for Brian Danielson, to me, that would be the same as not voting for a wrestler who is one of the greatest draws of all time. It's no different to me because he's one of the greatest wrestlers. Of right. Been. One of the
1: three criteria or whatever. He's just a knockout. I mean, he's, he's, you know, there's no discussion. I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, pretty much I, you can't find anybody in this world or you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in this world that doesn't think throughout the two thousands, he was top three, top two, you know, wrestler in the world. Like, like no doubt.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, to me, leaving him out is no different than leaving out someone who was an all time great draw, who was a mediocre worker or i'll even say a below average worker a shitty worker um but but the fact is you know even if daniel bryan never drew a penny you know to leave him out would be, to me is ridiculous you can't i mean Agreed. one of the yeah. three criteria is is work rate and and something i always try to stress it is not a drawing hall it's not a hall of fame for great draws it's just not even though it always skews that way, it's, it's – there's three equal components and he was so – and it even says right on the ballot that you either have to contribute something to all three of those areas or be so strong in one or two of the criteria that you can't be and, – and, and I mean that's Daniel Bryson's work rate. Uh, description of a T. So yeah, the greatest exactly. workers of his era and, and you know one of the greatest workers of all time. To leave him out would be no different than to leave out. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now, but but someone who is an all time great draw. It, it, it would be just as silly. So I see him as an absolute no brainer.
1: Sure. And I think the other thing that, that's interesting with him, too, is that, you know, yeah, you said that one criteria, he's got it. He's in, he's done. The other ones, too, you can make cases for, for both of those. I mean, the draw, I mean, the, the, the one problem, and I, I've tried to do research this entire year, you know, building up to Daniel Bryan being on this ballot, I've been desperately trying to find Ring of Honor attendance numbers because I want to sort of show something that, you know, yes, he was on the Independence. Yes, I, I, I know that some people consider that, well, you know, if he's on the Independence, then how's he a good draw? Because he's only drawing 500 people or whatever, or, you know, 600, whatever the hell the number is, doesn't really matter. But I do think that, you know, no matter what, whatever you do in the context of where you are, it matters to me. So if a guy who who you know if Dan O'Brien every time or Brian Danielson rather you know if he if he added 150 buys or 150 you know attendance you know tickets sold or, or whatever you know on Ring of Honor shows that's significant if you do it in context of other guys in Ring of Honor if he's let's say the best draw in Ring of Honor from you know 2003 until whatever you, you know like that's significant to me that matters and I know some people don't let that matter because it's like well you know. He wasn't in WWE. He wasn't drawing 10,000 houses. He wasn't drawing 15,000. To me, you can only do what you do. You know what I mean? Like, at that time, Brian Danielson could only draw in Ring of Honor. It wasn't up to him to draw 10,000 in, in, at WWE or whatever. He couldn't do that. But then you also look at when he goes to WWE and he's in the second highest grossing WrestleMania of all time as the main eventer.
2: Brian Danielson is not a Hall of Fame level draw, but they built a WrestleMania around him. Right. Um. He was... For a while there, while John Cena was out injured, the most popular wrestler in the company. Uh, and look, none of those things—it
1: shouldn't matter anyway. None
2: though. of those things standing alone are, are Hall of Fame qualifications, but they add enough to his to his uh, to his resume as a draw to where, because he's so overwhelmingly qualified as a worker, that those are nice little things to add to the resume. The fact that he had a WrestleMania built around him. And uh, he was at worst, you know, the number two baby face for what, two a year and a half, two years, whatever it was. Yeah, about, it. Uh,
1: yeah, about that.
2: Um, and number one when the number one guy was out injured. Um, so, I mean, and then, you know, the third category is positively influencing wrestling in a positive way. You know, the influence, um, which is of the three categories, maybe the most subjective of all. But, I mean, I think there's no question that he was a highly influential wrestler for his time. Sure. You know, and even if you don't think, again, at a Hall of Fame type level, like, like you know, a Gorgeous George type influence would be, um, where it's just a massive influence that changes everything, even if you don't think it's at that sort of level, it's it's at enough to where it's a contributing Case exactly, it's recipe. still
1: just an extra cherry on top or whatever. Yeah. We already got everything. We already got it. It's already there. But now, if you just need these other little nuggets or these other cherries to kind of get it, you know, there you I go. I guess my point, uh, yeah. Things, I yeah. guess the,
2: the the point I'm trying to make is, it's not like he's a zilch in the other two categories.
1: Exactly. Right. Right. He's he's a net positive in those. He's a, right. No matter what. Right. He's not a negative in any of those two categories. Exactly. Those he, those don't take away anything. They just add. He has so, a minor
2: <laughs> case in the other two categories. Right. And and he has an overwhelmingly positive case in one of the three categories, which is enough to me to, to make him a no-brainer. Um, uh, who who are the other guys now? AJ Styles, you know, gun to my head today, I say no. But I have to tell you
1: – Well on a path. He's well on a he's path. He's getting
2: very close Yeah. Um, because, you know, let's say he has two more years where he's, you know, the best worker. I think he's the best wrestler in the world. If he has two yeah. more years where he's the best wrestler in the world – you're talking like four years, and and, and and you know a lot of that TNA run. It wasn't like he was complete. You know, he, he wasn't a bum. I mean, he's very good in a lot of those uh, TNA years too. Um, and then you know, clearly a draw. in New Japan again. Not a. He's not a Hall of Fame level draw. Not even close. Um, but you know, the first time he was on the ballot, he he had no case for being a draw. Zero. Right. One. I mean, you know, it, you know. It, it, now he's sort of building sort of a case that it, that he has drawn some money, he has um, helped reverse the forces of a company. Yeah, you know, he jumped on a couple of years after they already had some momentum, but it's it's clear that he's helped them, um, you know, build to whatever they're building to. So, but again, I, I don't think he's a guy I'd vote for now. Gun to my head, Nakamura. Again, I say no. He's a guy I wouldn't vote for today. He's a guy who you know, I could easily see voting for in the future because
1: right, he's got time to build a resume. And that, that's one of the biggest things that when I, when I vote for people as well, and that's, I, I'm no different in a lot of, you know, sports hall of fames and stuff like that. I mean, obviously those, you know, fictional sports hall of fames, I, I should say, cause obviously, you, you know, you retire before you're in the other hall of fames for others, but you know, like we're doing a discussion right now in my, um, uh, the, the basketball podcast to do the over and back podcast. We're trying to redo uh the NBA's, you know, 50 greatest players list. They did that in 1996. So we're trying to, to repurpose that with add some, you know, posts, you know, 1996 guys, some current guys or whatever. My biggest thing, I don't like getting guys that still, I think have a legacy to build. Not because I don't think that they're, you know, worthy. Like if Nakamura retired tomorrow, you know, it'd be tough to make a case for him. And I probably would say no still, but at least, you know, it, it'd be a different case for me. It'd be a different way of thinking about it where, you know, I think he's got time to build on it, and that's why I don't really want to vote him now because it seems kind of disingenuous, as you said. Like let him, and it's the same with AJ Styles. Let let's see in a few more years. It might be a no brainer in a few more years versus being a oh really? You know you know what I mean? Like it would almost be if Styles got in this year, I would be, and you know obviously I'm a huge AJ Styles fan, and I don't think he's you know not worthy of it. But if he got in this year, I'd kind of go like, yeah, you know, that was, you know, I I don't know if he's really that worthy. Whereas in two years, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he wins a wrestler of the year. You know, he wins the most outstanding wrestler. He continues to be a draw, that sort of stuff. Then he really deserves it. And then it just feels better. You know, in general, it's just like, okay, that man deserved it. Similar to me getting my ballot. You know, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, sort of backing into it or or, or sort of getting it before your career is over or before you've come up with your resume. That's kind of weird. I like the idea of a, a guy that's really solidly. You know, definitely earned it. And maybe he's done. Maybe at that point he, he's done. I like that a little bit better. And that's why a Daniel Bryan, who I kind of, for all intents and purposes, think he's kind of done, uh, at least on a major you know, WWE level, that's why I don't buy, uh, you know, mind putting him in. So for people that are saying, well, what about Daniel Bryan? Like, I, I kind of think that's over. So that's, uh, and, and, and Shima's got enough historical significance in my mind. We, we'll get to him in here in a little bit where, you, you know, I don't think he's going to add anything to that resume. He's pretty much set his standard, you, you know, or, or, or set his resume you know for the hall of fame is is already there.
2: That's true. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a good point. Wherever you stand on Shima, it really isn't going to change much moving forward. I,
1: What's he going to do in another year?
2: Right. I mean, he's already winding down or winding himself down. Um, you know, the the thing with Nakamura is I mean, you know, he 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 the the, the, the fir- before the charisma explosion, you know, he 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 was a guy who people thought was a good worker. They no one you know, he wasn't the worker he is now. Um, you know, five years ago and before and previous to that, his wasn't. I mean, he was a real hit or miss guy who he would wow you with incredible matches once or twice a year. And then he would lay a million eggs. And, you know, in a lot of ways, other than last year when he won the Flair Thez, he's still kind of that guy. He's still a guy who will go out there every now and then and lay an egg, and you know, far more often than the other guy. When does AJ Styles ever lay an egg in New Japan in a big time match?
1: When, I don't think I've seen AJ Styles lay an egg in any, that's what I mean. like he, <laughs> any promotion. <laughs> really. I mean yeah.
2: I mean when does Tanahashi lay an
1: egg in a big time? Other than the overbooked, you know, TNA matches where he didn't stand a chance, AJ Styles almost always delivered. And I've I've seen him in live events all across the country. I've seen him in different places. The guy, I mean, no matter what, he pretty much always delivers.
2: Yeah. And I mean it's it's you know, and I am not trying to bash Nakamura, but when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, you do have to bring up people's negatives and, and if if you're gonna be fair about it and um, you know, I just I, I, just don't see him there now. I thought um, to transition to, to Shima a little bit, and then we'll get off this. Only, we'll go over to new candidates because we're going to do plenty of Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely.
2: But, um, you know, I thought someone who made a great point was um, uh, um, uh, Jesse from our forums, pe- at Pesky, with a million whys on Twitter. Yeah, with you know seven whys, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
2: She's a big Pearl fan from uh, Louisiana who, for some reason, I thought was European for a long time. I did too. I, yeah. I I don't know why I
1: thought well, every it seems like almost every pearl fan that that doesn't it seem like a lot of them especially different? the weird ones like the weird like because she loves like big Japan and that sort of stuff like those ones tend to be European you know what I mean like you very rarely get Americans that are like
2: Europe- I don't know Europeans exactly. like the pearl they like the pearl they do
1: they, they by you know by percentage wise more of them like it so that's I, think you I might guess be where right I get about it. that
2: but um but anyway I think you know you know who i about people who uh, maybe on Twitter know what I'm about. She posts in our forums occasionally, but she made a great point with Nakamura and Shima. She said um, Nakamura is going to get way more support than he really deserves, and Shima is going to get way less support than he than he really deserves. And I think that's really how it's going to shake out. Um, I can actually see Nakamura getting in. I could too, yeah. And I don't see Shima getting in. In fact, no. I, I, I think Shima has it written all over him that he's going to be one of those guys who gets 20 or 30% of the vote sits around on the ballot for 15 years between 25 and 30% never moves significantly is never a threat to get in and then gets kicked off after the 15th year. That's how I see him.
1: Yeah. I don't I think see that's
2: fair. I don't think he's going I, to be a guy too. that gets under 10%. I don't,
1: yeah, think, I don't he's think he's out. I don't think he's a one and done, but he, I he's never getting in.
2: And the thing is, he may very well be a stronger candidate than nakamura right now he might not be a stronger candidate than nakamura in the year 2020 but right now i think he might be um you know in terms of uh you know the influence category in terms of um you know even even the ring work i mean who's been more consistent over the course of their careers if we're being honest it's ben shima um you know, maybe Nakamura's highest end stuff has topped out higher. I don't know if Shima ever had a match like Nakamura has had, you know against kota bushi um or or this recent g one final. You know, I, I don't know that he's ever peaked that high, but you know over the course of his career, I mean, you won't find many guys who have been as good for as long as Shima has been, and then you factor in. Um, the fact that you know Dragon Gate has been a sneaky number two promotion in Japan for as long as it's been, and make no mistake, even though they rotate their champion and they have their unique way of booking, Shima's the guy in that company. I mean, right. you know, let's be honest. And you know, you know, even though they've been a sneaky number two, and I'll tell you, there's there may have been a brief period of time right before New Japan started to really take off again, they might have been the number one promotion in Japan. Now it may have been because everyone else was down. And not necessarily. Because oh, sure.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, but, it's...
2: but they're just that steady train that just does good, not great business. And they have been doing so, you know, for the last eight to 10 years where they've really gotten it going. And they've just been that steady promotion that stays in their lane. And at worst, has been the number two promotion. And at times, may have been the number one for a brief period of time. Because you think of that 2009, 2010, who. You know, what was stronger than Dragon Gate? You could really make an argument they were number one, briefly. Yeah.
1: And they were expanding, you know, the United States during that time as well. And Europe.
2: You know, yeah. Dragon Gate UK is a thing. More so than Dragon Gate USA is not it? Dragon Gate USA is dead. But, you know, uh, they were influential enough to spawn two, you know, promotions in other continents. You know, independent promotions, but, you know, it's something. So, you know, it's. And again, the problem too with Shima is people are going to look at Dragon Gate's business and say, well, they don't have any. I'm not. I'm not positive they have any five-figure attendance that they've ever done five figures. I don't think they've ever done ten thousand fans for a single show. Someone may be able to correct me, but I
1: don't. Think yeah, let me. I can actually find out. Where I, I where
2: don't. I, I don't think that they have. I think.
1: Yeah, give me give me a few minutes and I can fire sure. You I,
2: I'm. You know. Their big shows do between six to 8,000 fans. I think maybe they've topped out a couple times at 9,000, and even those figures were dubious. Um, look, I like Jai as much as the next guy. Everybody owes a debt of gratitude to that dude. He helps everyone around the world who speaks English um, follow Dragon Gate, but he rep- the attendance he reports is the attendance that the company reports. So, I mean, you know, it's – those aren't the most – you know – Trustworthy figures that you're going to find on iHeartDG.com. Uh, I don't think they've ever drawn 10,000 fans, um, but
1: yeah, I'm having trouble finding it. So uh, yeah,
2: I I, I I don't think so. I don't think yeah. they have. <laughs> but but the thing is, it's yeah. like you always say though, and like you spoke about a few minutes earlier. What about the con- you know? So old school voters are going to say ah, they're not a big time promotion. Dave even wrote in a newsletter this week. That he doesn't consider them. You know, he said WWE, New Japan, AAA, and CMLL are the four big promotions in the world right now. And it's like, you know, I disagree with that. I would put uh, Dragon Gate, no one's on WWE's level. And really, no one else is on Dragon and New Japan's level. There's like, WWE is on its own level, then New Japan, and then there's everybody else. And it's like, Um, and the gap between WWE and New Japan is way wider than the gap between New Japan and the two Mexican promotions. But I mean, I would put Dragon Gate right there, uh, maybe a slight notch below the two Lucha promotions. I consider them a major promotion. Your older school voters are going to say, "Ah, who cares?" Seven thousand fans, Eh, you know. In in my day, uh, you know, uh, you know, Buddy Rogers. But look, it's context. Context is key, and in the context of modern wrestling. Dragon Gate has done a tremendous job, and that's Shima. So, um, you know, but uh, like I said, I don't think he's ever getting in. But long story short, I do think he probably has a better case than Nakamura right now.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And I think, uh, you know, on the last attendance point, and then we'll we'll move on and we'll go over the uh, the, the remaining uh, uh, new entries. But I think the attendance point is is the thing that that always sort of irks me. And I think it's going to be a while until people sort of adjust or if they ever adjust. And I'm not saying they need to, but I think there's there's something to be said for for really being more aware of context and being more aware of, of not simply a raw number of like you said, 20, you know, 10,000. Has Dragon Gate drawn over 10,000? No, I can't find that. You know, that doesn't invalidate them because they they stay in their lane. And, and for better or for worse, that's what they do. They stay in their lane. They do their, their they run their same buildings and that sort of stuff. But when you put them up against other Japanese promotions at this time, as you said, in, in 2009 to 2010, they were one of the best. You know, when you look at that 7,000 they get, compare that to what all Japan is doing now, that's impressive then. So you have to figure out this pool of... Of fans, and then who, who's taking that chunk of the pool? That, that's my biggest thing that I always come up with for attendance is that, yes, I, I, it, it would be great if everybody was putting 10,000. You could very easily tell this promotion's doing great because 15,000 people are coming to their shows. That's really not happening. One promotion can do that. New Japan can do that. That's it. That's it. And they can't do it that consistently either. They can't do it as consistent as all Japan did or or, or or New Japan in years prior. That doesn't make what New Japan's doing right now any less impressive, though, because... There's far less fans. Contextually,
2: probably. it's, it, right. It's like uh, you know, a couple months ago, uh, AAA. I forgot what show it was, but they popped a the big house. And you know, I made the point on Twitter. I said, you know, that's whatever it was, the second or third ten thousand plus house that AAA had done this year. And I said to people, how many promotions do you think are going to do that this year? You know, it doesn't sound impressive historically, but it's impressive right now to draw ten thousand fans. You know what I mean?
1: And right, so, just the, the pie is smaller. I mean, and so I, I think if a promotion like Dragon Gate can get, you know, let's, let's hypothetically say, and I, I don't have any numbers in front of me, let's, you know, if we put together all the Japanese promotions or whatever, if they can get, say, 40% of that pie, that's significant, I think. They've
2: been, look, in a sense that, that, that promotion's been drawing, uh, you know, relatively speaking, a lot of fans for a lot of years now.
1: Exactly. Right. And I think that that's the relative is very important, I think. And that's that's one of the issues that people and and I get it. There are some people and it happens in the baseball Hall of Fame as well that people say, well, you're not, you you know, how famous can you be or how great can you be if you're only doing X or whatever? If, you know, and and one of the things I say is, is look at, you know, again, we we mentioned the context we mentioned again, there's going to be Hall of Famers in this current era of, you know, baseball that we're talking about that are going to have, you know, 350 home runs and that's going to be really, really fucking good. Because guys don't hit home runs in this era right now. The stadiums got bigger. The, The balls aren't juiced. The players aren't juiced. The pitching is better. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of happens. So, yes, there are guys that in the 90s that hit over 500 home runs that aren't getting into the Hall of Fame. Right. Sammy, Sammy Sosa
2: is never Sammy getting into the Hall is a
1: great one, yeah. And, and there's – I mean there's other – there's non, you know, obviously PD sure, sort of Greg guys. Vaughn, if you to, Greg Vaughn, people yeah, like Yeah, exactly. That. Fred McGriff is a guy who I think is what, 499 or whatever or, or – he might have eclipsed 500. I don't recall if he did or not. But these are guys now that because of when they did it, the 500 home runs was nothing. But then again, if you put Fred McGriff in the 1920s, he's the 1st battle. He's of hall no, of yeah, he's, oh my He's a chance for the
2: numbers. Right, correct.
1: Exactly. You're going, oh my God, Fred McGriff is the greatest player of all time. It's unbelievable You know what he, he was able to do or whatever. You know, if he retires in 1921, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, right away. Whereas then in the 90s, he's not. But then if you brought Fred McGriff and all of his stats to today's game, now you're talking about a guy again. So it, that, that would be in. Or that people would say, wow, I mean, he's got 500 home runs. The next closest has, you know, 375. So that matters. The context of it matters. And you can sort of say, no, 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 the benchmark is X. The benchmark is this, 25,000, you know, Sellouts, or you know, twenty five thousand, you know, attendance figures, or ten thousand, or whatever you want to use, but you can't. I mean, what was used in nineteen seventy four isn't. I mean, it's two thousand fifteen. The pie of the people that watch wrestling, there's fo- so few people. Okay, are, so let me give you, you know. a counter argument then. Yeah.
2: Okay, because listen, I'm all for context arguments to a point. Now, I don't know if sports statistics are apples to apples to this, and I'll tell you why. Okay. it's part of the reason that the pie is smaller because the is that because that these guys in this era are less charismatic and not as big as stars and then hence not as worthy as being hall of Famers? what do you think about that's uh,
1: yeah and that's and people have said that and i i to agree i I understand why people would say that and i i you know it's it 's hard to argue that in some sense, but I do think Especially with the way the business has changed, where it's 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 WWE or nothing. In 1974, in 1983, I mean, more now more than ever, it's WWE and then everybody else. You know, yeah. So what they do, fairly or unfairly, dictates a lot of what else goes on in the world. And you know, Japan isn't necessarily the same, but the the pie in Japan is a lot smaller as well. That it, it, it's I think you can very much argue that you know it's it's obviously less than it was you know in the early 90s or the 80s or whatever like that. I agree to your point though. Yeah, you can make that argument, but I. I tend to not.
2: How about that? You know, I would approach it even a, a different way. Um, let, let's look at New Japan as an example, okay? okay? Because I think everyone would agree they're doing, no matter to what degree you think they're doing well, I think everyone would agree they're doing pretty well over the last four years or so. Um, you know, if they were doing the level of business, they're, the exact same level of business they're doing now, but they did it immediately following. Their real hot period in the '90s, as opposed to following, uh, you know, where they were almost dead. That's the, I think that's the context argument you're speaking to, because if if they were doing the exact same business they're doing now, coming off that hot period in the '90s, we would all consider this period of time a failure, and rightfully so, yeah. because the business would be going in the reverse direction. But but look at what they were following. The stars in New Japan now. Helped dig them out of the hole they were in post anokiism, and a lot of those guys are the same guys, but give them credit because those guys stuck it out and they eventually did connect with people, and now the company is moving upward but that is your context argument right there right. when you're doing the business new Japan is doing now, but it's on an upswing, a massive upswing that's more impressive than obviously more impressive than doing the exact same business if you're coming on a downward slope so that's kind of the way I would approach it. it it's, it's not just context yeah. in terms of, OK, there's less promotions doing 10K houses and there's less overall 10K houses. It's where are you coming from is, is, is where is to me is where the argument lies. What, what, where, what came before you? To me, that's the important part of the context.
1: Yeah, well, and you mentioned another another good example for people is you know all Japan. Let's say this current all Japan name it guy, he just catches Let fire. Miyahara, I,
2: perfect example. Miyahara, they're they say you know what? Fuck it, it. He let's do it. On. Yes,
1: right, let's do it. Now all of a sudden they're selling out Kurikin every single time. They're going to sumo hall sometimes here and there. Does now does me And then and this happens for five years, and Miyahara is the top star in there. That you know they they'll draw you know nine thousand every single night or whatever. Or they'll they'll you know do some sumo hall shows here and there. Does now Miyahara not worthy because, well, Kenta Kobashi and, and Misawa and those guys did a lot better he in the 90s. They sold out
2: you know, Budokan right. for five, Budokan every years. Single time. I mean, they, those yeah, guys right. farted
1: in an arena and 15,000 people came or whatever. So does that make Miyahara then less worthy of being a Hall of Famer, even though he took them from, God, there, what, 200 people coming to their shows to now they're selling out 9,000 every single night or whatever because he isn't the level of Masao and Kobashi and, of what they did. And, and
2: doing it with a smaller pool of fans to draw from,
1: Right, again, and that's that's and what I think is tr- And important. bringing
2: some fans back, which is harder to do than sustaining fan. I I totally get your point.
1: Yeah, and so I get I get, and you you mentioned that one thing, and that's what people do bring up is that well, the stars these days are not as good, and that's why people aren't you know <laughs> why there's not as many. And yes and no, but I think at some point you can't just continue to to punish these guys for it. I mean, there's there's so much you can do, and yes, if it gets hot and if it gets lucky, and all of a sudden something happens, it can have another explosion. But I I just I'm not in favor of doing that. I just can't do that. I have to judge guys where they are, where the context of what they do, and as you said, what they're coming out of and what they're going to go towards or whatever. If, if, you know, this is only the beginning for Miyahara and, and all of a sudden we notice, oh, shit, well, there's just a lot more people that liked, you know, All Japan never goes, I mean, it stays, but then you can still make the case that he still brought them from nothing to something. So it, it's, I, I think that's very important. I think it is very important to let go of sort of what you consider these, these arbitrary benchmarks of that sort of stuff and, and, and not worry what guys in the 90s did or guys in the 80s or guys in the 70s and, and, and let guys do what they do in their era. How, are they, how do they represent their era? How well do they perform in their era? I think that's super important. I'm, you just, listen, I'm more it, impressed yeah. by
2: a guy who bumps business now. I'm more impressed by this New Japan crew bumping business than I am by some guy in the 70s who came into a territory that was already doing 11,000 fans every month, and then they did 11,000 fans with him there too. He didn't improve anything. Uh, I'm more impressed by the guy who improved business than the guy who held business steady, or, you know, because right. somebody like, uh, I, I don't even want to name a guy, if, I, if Wrestler X in the 1970s headlined 47 10K plus thousand houses, that, That doesn't necessarily impress me until I dig deeper and see what did he do comparatively to the guys in the territory before and after him.
1: Well, yeah, and and, and also – and you can look at shows in between that, where maybe Wrestler X was doing a tour of of wherever. So how did the How did it go then? You know, when he right. was gone, and he wasn't on top. Did they drop by? You know, five thousand people. Five thousand people said, "Ah, screw it, I'm not going to that show or whatever." Or did it stay steady? If it stayed steady, you know, then and you can sort of make an push. argument that yeah, right. Or like, and and of course, it's not just one or two. You'd have to look at a, at a number of different shows to see that. But yeah, it's it's there. Just needs to be more. I think look. You know, context-specific attendance stuff, and it's hard to do. There's the numbers just coin aren't, aren't as you know as easily or readily available as as we'd like. Keep or, or in we, mind, like, when me and Chris so, yeah. talk
2: about this, we're talking about people who are already Hall of Fame worthy or Hall of Fame borderline. We're not suggesting. Um, that if uh, Christian Rose starts to pop, you know, 800 fan houses in AEW, and they were doing five. <laughs> Why'd you fans bring before, up that name? Uh, Yeah, I'm just throwing names out there. But I mean, you know, th- that's not what we're saying. Th- we're talking about people who are already Hall of Fame caliber in terms of work, and and borderline Hall of Fame caliber draws right, already. Right. I mean, uh, we don't want people to get the wrong idea. But it kind of leads me into the last guy that I didn't, which was Randy Orton, and it's like I I will admit, and you know, I have a bias against modern WWE candidates unless they're John Cena or whatnot because when it comes to your Randy Orton's and your Jeff Hardy's and your Batista's and your Edge's, you know, those kind of guys, I will never vote for any of them because I honestly believe – well, let me leave Batista out of this because he's a guy I was kind of on the fence with. But when it comes to Orton Mm -hmm. and Edge and Jeff Hardy, and I truly believe and I don't know if my opinion can be changed that they were nothing but cogs in a machine that was already rolling and you could remove Randy Orton from history and I don't think anything changes. And that's why I will never vote for Andy Orton. I don't care how many times Dave Meltzer tells me that he's the 23rd best draw in the history of wrestling or whatever it is based on how many uh, 10K plus houses or pay-per-view buys. I don't think he fucking mattered. John Cena mattered. That's clear. Brock Lesnar is starting to matter. I think that's pretty clear. Um, You can come up with some other – I don't think Edge ever fucking mattered. You're never gonna convince me of that. And and you know, popping one rating after he cashed in money in the bank, I'm sorry. Any if that would have been anyone else in that position, they would have popped that rating on that Monday night because the money in the bank was a new thing and that was something fresh and exciting. I don't think Edge or Randy Orton or Jeff Hardy, I don't think those guys ever made a difference. I really don't. Um, and I'll never vote for those guys. And I do have a bias against them. And a lot of people
1: Jeff Hardy is an interesting one. I'd like to do a little bit more work at Jeff Hardy because there was mean, a while there where I, he was,
2: and a lot of people agree with you. But yeah, I, I've looked at it and I don't see it. I, like you know, Meltzer says all the time too. Oh, Jeff Hardy, he was arguably the top star in the company for sure. I don't see it. I never saw it. Um, you know, you know, he moved the needle a little for TNA too, which might. Because no one moves a the needle there, so maybe there's.
1: Right, he was never. I mean, we, when we first started this podcast, we used to laugh. I mean, the things when he would make an event a pay-per-view, all of a sudden there'd be this extra thousand people that would buy it. Like every single Which time. percentage-wise
2: yeah. was huge for them.
1: Exactly right. So that, like, that's yeah. and that's what we talk about context stuff. Is like, yeah, he was adding, you know, <laughs> you know, fifty percent of the, to the pay per view buys, you know, and every time he was main eventing. So that, that's, I, like I said, I'd have to do a little bit more research on him. I've done research on Randy Orton, and I'd like to do even a little bit more. I haven't really found it that Randy Orton was anything. He he was. If anything, you, know, in the if res-
2: anything, you found that he's hurt business.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He was for a while and he like everything I found of of looking at, you know, him versus shows where he wasn't on and that sort of stuff went for a while for the first few years that Randy Orton was a thing. He was a draw. I mean, people, you know, didn't they didn't turn away. They they added buys they added you know maybe it was it would stay neutral anything like that and then as it went on I mean by God 2009 ish I think he he got a little ticks here and there and then from like 2011 until you know the present if he's on a pay per view or if he's on something it, it was nothing it was just nothing at all like it did absolutely zero extra business and it hurt business people were clearly bored by him or something so again I'd like to do a little bit more research on that but yeah as a draw he doesn't really quite do it for me and and I, I for the WWE guys and I'm sort of with you as well. I tend to first look at how are you as a worker, what is your historical significance, and then I'll look at the draw because WWE is so hard. And as I mentioned earlier, I think it's WWE and, and you know, I said WWE and the other guys. And as you said, it's sort of – it's a machine that just kind of goes on. It's a brand. It's very much more than any other time in wrestling history. WWE – you go to a WWE show because WWE is in town.
2: You know, Big, big Show another example of this. Right. He's back on the ballot actually, so this is relevant. He's another guy where – You know, Meltzer will do these things and tell you that he's the 17th best draw of all time based on these numbers. But come on, did he really matter in the grand scheme of things, or did or did it matter that he was wrestling John Cena and the Undertaker? You know what I mean? To me, it could have been anybody else in that role. I, 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 I listen. I lived through the through the Big Show era as an adult. Okay, in my gut, he didn't make a difference. He just didn't. I'm sorry. I, right. I, you know, and um, you know, him and, and and Orton are very similar in that regard. Um, I'll never vote for those guys. Because, and it's just, it's like you said. And maybe that's unfair and wrong. And maybe I'm off base. But the thing is, it's so impossible to prove. In this era, especially now with the network where we can't measure pay per views anymore. Either.
1: Yeah, it's over now. Yeah, that way is over. So we got to find a whole different way. To, and it
2: was it project. was hard enough when we could measure pay per views.
1: Right, and that's and that's the why some of those guys. The brand versus
2: the wrestler. Now it's even more impossible
0: to do.
1: Yeah, and I said with, with those WWE guys, and that's why I'm you know now obviously starting this process. The biggest thing I'm going to look at with those two is the other two criteria. Okay, historical significance, and then in ring work. You know, a, a great all time great in ring worker. Yeah, and big Park show and Randy Orton. That, that, I mean, be, that's not for me. I mean, some people might say that. I don't think so. I think Randy Orton's pretty at a whole, mediocre. A, a Hall and, of fame
2: level? I mean, come on. Not
1: I mean, Hall of fame level's tough for me. And historical significance? I mean, yeah, Randy Orton's, a, you know, 7,000-time, you know, WWE champion or whatever, but you know, again, context matters, you know. What's his a, what's
2: his historical influence or? nothing.
1: exactly. There. Yeah. Right. I mean, you could bring up multiple, you know, titles, but again, we talk about the context thing again. If he was a seven-time WWE champion in, you know, 1986, whoa, oh my god, but no, now it's, you know, who cares? You know, Edge is 42-time, you know, WWE champion in, in numerous when you add in all of his titles. That doesn't mean anything, though. There's so many titles going around that that, you know... That X amount of titles doesn't really mean, oh, they really said he was the guy. You know what I mean? Like, did they really think Randy Orton at 17 different times was the guy in the company? You know, it's, it's, you can't use that anymore. You can't really look at that. So you got to look at, yeah, historical significance. And that's, as you said, it's very subjective. You know, in my heart of hearts, no, Randy Orton isn't a s- historical figure in I any respect. don't even know what
2: angle you could even attack that from. To
1: Big show, I mean,
2: you can't even make a case for those guys with that criteria.
1: If there was an influx of like seven foot four guys that got into wrestling, like maybe, like I don't know, what the big shows or the giants, you know, going far back as WCW, what his historical significance is. Edge, the I mean. Of the fact matter yeah. is,
2: if you're Kane or the Big Show or Randy Orton, and you spend 15 years in that company, you're gonna you're gonna place highly on lists like that. Um, and I and I'm not necessarily sure it, it, it whether it's cause or effect. You know what I mean? It, it, right. In my opinion, it's just it's just you, you stuck with a company that already that where the brand is the draw primarily, and 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 you were lucky enough to main event some house shows because eventually, if you're at the company that long, you're going to main event some house shows. And, and you know, unless you're Heath Slater or Zack Ryder. And can you believe those guys have almost been in that company for 10 years? Can you believe yeah. that? Isn't that crazy to think about?
1: It's There was somebody Kofi I looked Kingston at the other day.
2: Too. Kofi Kingston's another one, almost 10 years.
1: Yeah, you, you were bringing up uh, – because you, you were doing that. You are tweeting those out. Who the hell did I look up? And I was just like, oh, my God. Like like we always talk about, we look at like those first FCW matches that they're in or the first you know Deep South Wrestling if you go back for some guys, and you look at the other guys in those it lists. A great and it's great like,
2: context of how long they
1: – It's like, oh, my God. Who was the guy that I was looking it up? It was
2: probably Ryder or Slater because that's what I wrote about in the Superstars of
1: uh, who the hell was it? I? I'll have to they, figure. They,
2: they started eight years ago and nine years ago, respectively, in the company or something like that. And their their first matches were against like Derek Niekirk and <laughs> right. guys it's that you so haven't like, thought oh about God. in a decade. You know, and it's it's you know they were in deep south, and you know it's it's like it it it's crazy. It's it, the, the, you know um it, it, the the clock has to be ticking on these guys. I mean, I I actually like both of those guys a lot. I think they're valuable. In their roles, and I think they could do more with Zack Ryder. Um, look, because to me, anybody who's more over than the level of their push for as long as he has been, there's something there. I'm not saying he's a WrestleMania main eventer, but why on earth is that guy over? He gets, he's been getting beat like a drum for nine years and he still gets a pop when he comes out. I
1: mean, I out who it was. It was Jason Jordan. You know, you see him on NXT and he's like, they, they, they present him as this young upstart and he's like this young guy or whatever. His first, FCW, he goes back as far as FCW. Uh, it was Biggie Langston and Calvin Reigns wow. defeating Jason Jordan. Who was his partner, Joe?
2: I can't even make a guess.
1: Abraham Washington. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Jason Jordan, who is like, you would think when if you really didn't know this and if you didn't look this up, Every time he comes out, they act like he's this young upstart that's like on his way, and like the guy's been there since 2011, like yeah. like mid 2011. It's just it's unbelievable sometimes.
2: Yeah, four years, going on five years next. You know, it's in doing doing hip tosses in the, the
1: performance center. Can you imagine? Like,
2: so that's the kind of guy if he ever makes it to the main roster and he sticks around for five or six years. He, you know, you're not going to realize that he's been in the company over a decade at that point. It's 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 it is pretty wild to think about, but yeah, so. We'll be doing a lot more Hall of Fame stuff. That's just a uh, quick overview of some of the newer candidates.
1: Actually, here, r- real quick, uh, I want to run down this because there's one well, more guy. I think talk hour, about. but you know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Cowboy Bob Ellis. I don't think any of us have a strong Cowboy Bob Ellis thought, but uh, Bob Geigel. What's your Bob Geigel thoughts? Uh, as
2: a guy, I'll have to. I mean, I'm not going to vote in that uh, uh, right. category anyway. But I, uh, you know, I, you know, he doesn't strike me as. So- who's an automatic no i'd take a look at that
1: yeah there's some other ones there's eddie quinn rocky johnson go to the ballot. but there's one guy you missed samoa joe
2: no hey, see that's the thing i don't see him on the ballot they said he was going on the ballot oh
1: they she, did is he not on there
2: he's not on. but i'll be
1: damned he's damn, not, he's not there ballot. okay well but Dave i'm they sure definitely said he was supposed to be on the ballot
2: but... and then you never put him on the ballot so there's some Oops, confusion well, there but <laughs> The fact of the matter is, there's no chance in hell I'd vote for Samoa Joe. No. Um, now, look. He won. Did He, he didn't win the Flair Thez, did he? Or did he win most
1: out? He, he won most outstanding.
2: Okay. Because I think Shinsuke Nakamura, and I think uh, – who do I want to give credit to this? I think it was Brandon Howard who made the point. If Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't get in, he'll be the only Flair Thez winner ever who doesn't get in the Hall of Fame. Um but I think, didn't, didn't Mystico win the Flair Thes?
1: Yeah, let's, let's say I'm going to run this rail down. Harley Race, Ric Flair, Ricky Chozu, Akira Maeda, Ric Flair, Jumbo Saruto, Ric Flair, Big Van Vader, Kawada, Misawa, Kobashi, Misawa, Stone Cold, Misawa, Triple H, uh, Keiji Muto, uh, Kurt Angle, Kenta Kobashi. Yeah, Mystico in 2006, so he, he would remain. That's but he's funny. not eligible yet, but he'll be on there relatively soon. John Cena, Chris Jericho, John Cena, Tanahashi, and then, yes, Nakamura yeah, from last his year. His
2: point was, of the people who are eligible, Nakamura would be the only one who, if he doesn't get in, who isn't all, that's interesting.
1: That's. Yeah. Let me look at most outstanding here real quick. I don't have the entire uh, observer list, but I think we can probably take a, a solid guess. Let's see. Most outstanding. Cause of course, uh, Samojo 2005 won that. So let's, uh, Ric Flair, Fujinami Flair, Liger, Liger, uh, Kobashi, Miami Toyota, uh, Rey Mysterio, Masawa, Koji Kanemoto. Okay. I don't, is he, a... he's, he's not, not in, awesome, right. No. Yeah, no, no, didn't think so. Uh Misawa, Benoit, Angle, Benoit, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, who have four kind uh four consecutive wins. Uh ten. Oh, sorry. He had ten. He changed his name to Daniel Bryan at that time. So he's got ten. Uh Davey Richards, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and AJ Styles. So most outstanding, you get a little bit more. I mean, historically, no. Davey
2: Richards is never getting in.
1: David, yeah, he's gonna um, buck that trend. you know, Danielson should get in at some point. He's
2: got ten. 10-
1: he has no four consent. He's got one, two, three, four, five. I five.
2: did that. Didn't sound right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a there's there's only a couple there that aren't ever getting in. So you know, those are good indications. There's a couple there there now. Joe, uh, you know, I you know my my gut instinct is no. But what makes him a significantly worse candidate than AJ Styles or Brian Danielson? Well, when you look at it. Joe never main-evented a – he doesn't have those fringe – the stuff we talked about with Daniel Bryan, right. which is the stuff that props up as Kennedy. He didn't main event, he didn't have a WrestleMania built around him. He wasn't the second or most popular wrestler in WWE for any stretch of his career. And honestly, he wasn't as good as Bryan Danielson for as long.
1: There you and go. And yeah. <laughs> so
2: that's what separates those two. What separates him from AJ Styles? Well, AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world for the last two or three years. A lot of people would have argued that Joe was. For, you know, between maybe 2005 and 2007 or something like that. Um, but then again, we both sat here and told you we wouldn't vote for Styles either. So and, and when and when Joe goes to a company in Japan and helps them, you know, do what Styles has done. So, you know, I he's he's firmly behind those guys, if you ask me. And I, I couldn't even fathom an argument for him, to be honest with you. But he's not on the ballot. But they've never put him on anyway. So,
1: so that <laughs> might tell you. All
2: I think if he yeah. was on, he'd, he'd immediately fall off. I don't think he'd get 10 percent.
1: I agree. Yeah, I think so, too. But yeah, as mentioned, we're going to do a lot of coverage of Hall of Fame uh, throughout the next two months. So stay tuned. And we'll actually, uh, you know, have it on the columns, podcast, all that other good stuff. Speaking the of Joe, so did, you watch that? Yes. did you
2: watch NXT this week? I did. Yeah, I thought even though he was only in the ring for about three minutes, that was the best Joe performance. It was. He was yeah, so he, he had a different speed.
1: Match. There was a different speed to him, I and mean, he hasn't had that in NXT, and I don't know if he's either just been hurt, or that's just kind of the speed he's been working or whatever. He's been very methodical, very slow, and and that's, you know, Joe's good at doing that, but Joe's really, really good at doing, you know, a lot quicker, you know, quicker-paced offense, and stuff that looks like he's just throwing guys around. He was ragdolling guys, you know, out there, um, you know, in the NXT, and that, I think that was important. I think that really set the stage for, okay, this is, this is what Joe is capable of, when either, you know, maybe he wasn't into what he was doing before, but no, I agree, I think he was... Easily the best that Joe's looked so far. I
2: thought his last two televised matches were his two best matches. He dragged Baron Corbin to a very watchable match, which nobody, you know, pretty much everybody gave decent reviews for that match. And then I thought he personally looked his best. In this match against the Lucha Dragons, I thought he looked great coming in on the hot tag, killing people like you're saying, Ragdolling guys.
1: He was just throwing <laughs> little uh, samurai Del Sol all over the fucking place that was, like that. That was that great. was a hell of
2: a match. All
1: four it was really good. There. Yeah, you know,
2: you had Devitt. Playing Ricky Morton, selling his ass off. Did I say Devitt or Balor? Did I say
1: – Yeah, well, I just did Samurai Del Sol.
2: It's hard, man. It's tricky.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're not, he's wearing the same mask. I mean, it's really We're not hard
2: those idea. guys. We really
1: are. No, no. I don't want – like, every time I do it, it's an honest mistake. Like, I don't want to do it, but I, I just sometimes I can't. So. Yeah, so,
2: I mean, Balor yeah, so. selling his ass off and, and, and then the hot tag and Joe cleaning house and, and – you know, we saw flashes of the Joe old. I thought the Lucha dragons looked great in that match. Um, It was a, it was a good little TV match. I enjoyed it a lot. And I'll tell you, that was my favorite episode in NXT in a long time. I think we're going to disagree on a minor point about it. I love the fact that we got a match from a different venue. I thought that was cool with different commentators. I love the fact that they showed highlights of other first round matches from the house. shows. That was cool. I thought that was cool. And because of that, because we weren't just stuck in full sale the whole time, you know, I really enjoyed the way that show was structured. You know why? Because we say it all the time at WWE. The shows are always the same and they never break structure. And this was different and they did different things. Mm-hmm. And they showed us highlights from house shows with 100 people there. And then they gave us a full match from a major arena with different announcers. Man, I love that kind of stuff. I love that it was different. I love when things constantly get switched up and things
1: are – I cannot – I just this. wish I didn't have to hear an Uso on commentary. I avoid SmackDown. You
2: no, know, people <laughs> like Uso on commentary. He's so bad. He's oh terrible. My. I'm glad
1: he, he makes me. He makes the fucking Pope sound like fucking Jim Ross. He's so bad. I really
2: don't think he's any good either. But –
1: there was a point there was like five minutes where he just didn't say anything like I
2: wish, like, not like, I wish he wouldn't say anything
1: because he's no I know no and like and, and I don't mean that he was like he didn't say it, like because there was a point there was like a minute where he also was silent but I mean even when he talks nothing is coming out it's just garbage it's just like yeah here we yeah, go <laughs> and it's like what are you doing why are you here. Like you're, you're offering nothing of value, like zero of value. He's a a
2: Samoan Jerry Lawler. He's just,
1: (laughs) he's really bad.
0: Like
2: he makes noises and sounds and just says generic shit. And, um, you know, the watch outs, the here we goes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't like them. Um, they probably love them because you know, that's right up their alley.
1: They love the watch out. There we go. That Jerry Lawler's, you know, for the past 10 years, just shrieked when something happens. So that's, you know, yes.
2: Um, but yeah, I don't think he's any good. Um, but, yeah, he, he doesn't have a great grasp of the English language either. He's just
1: <laughs> – Yeah, that's it. Why did they ever give the, him a bit Like
2: the street talk, which – right, you know, that's fine. But that's not really great for a wrestling commentator. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, I don't know. I just – I'm not into him. But, uh, but yeah, I really like that episode of NXT. Look, the two women's matches were dreadful, and I think you made a good point on Twitter. We're seeing a changing of the guard with the NXT women now. A lot of them have graduated. We got a lot of new ones coming in, and it's not going to be pretty for a little while. Um, no, it's going to be a- it's going to be ugly. And, you know, when Dana Brooke, you know, is, is one of the more impressive ones of the bunch, that's you know, not saying a whole ton. Um, you know, I know these new girls are coming in with great reputations. Look, I, I don't follow them. They haven't shown me anything in NXT. And look, I know that yeah,
1: Casey Cassidy. I forgot what her name was. In, in, and yeah, she
2: I know that's partly by design. I get it. You know, they bring them along slowly. I'm not writing them off or anything like that. But those two women's matches on that show yesterday were not any good. Um, so, you know, that this is a transition period for that. I love this Dusty Rhodes gimmick. I love it. Oh,
1: gimmick. it's so cool.
2: It's just the coolest thing. I love the fact that there's matches on house shows, on, you know, before Raw, uh, you know, in full
1: Yeah, sale. I didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't know they were going to kind of be, uh, you know, in their own little context, in their own little world or whatever. That was really, really cool.
2: Now, you know, I will there, You know, I'll have a minor gripe here, and I'm going to take another swipe at the network. But, you know, if you're going to have all these matches all over the place and you're going to have a camera running and you have your a network that people are paying $9.99 for – how about a little subsection where you show all those matches in full? Would that kill them? You know what I mean? Would it would it kill them to have?
1: No, I mean they, they've because you know one of the things you could say is oh they don't want to show because it's like a low rent type of thing, but they showed the damn clips on the on the yes, shows. So who cares they at that point? Clips, right. so
2: we're exposed to it. My whole thing is maybe they just don't want to expose those wrestlers in full.
1: Sure, uh, yeah. because
2: a lot of them aren't the guys on TV yet, and. You know, the Drifter
1: was in those highlights. The Drifter, yeah, he's not ready yet. He's not ready for the the main roster yeah, yet, or never. the main TV yet. So you gotta gotta give him some They're time. True. I agree. I don't really care. I I'd fucking put everything on that network, man. If I had that thing, like in terms of live stuff, if we had cameras rolling, why not? Put it on. You know,
2: you know, I'm not even saying show it live. I'm, but I'm have have a little section live to tape.
1: Yeah, live to tape. You, you the, got, I mean, they got people or or not. You edit it in a week. I don't care if I see it in a week.
2: Have, so, yeah, have yeah. a little box on the screen that says Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Invitational and then all the matches are in there I mean, you know, they have the perfect setup for it, you could do it, it's easy and, you know, let the geeks like us look, no one's going to watch it but people like us you know, your WWE Universe guy is never going to watch it so what? You know, throw us a bone I'd love to watch those matches I'd, I'd dig into there every time they put a new one up, that would be tremendous so that's a minor gripe, though. I like that they're showing the highlights. I don't know about you, but it's impossible to read those brackets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's so many names. <laughs> they have to zoom in. Yeah, I laughed because you mentioned that, and I was like, Ah, oh, what's he talking about? And then I shot I saw that where they like here the Dusty Rhodes Invitational. I'm like, Oh my god, there's like I'm
2: like pausing my speed. Like, I'm trying. I'm standing in front of my TV. And they and zoomed
1: went, in a little bit, but yeah, you can't really see like the whole thing. They zoomed in on the one like here. This match is coming soon, but then yeah, if you pause on like they're yeah, they they must just be putting fake names in there too. Like there's no way they actually like listed. Everything. I don't graphic. know. Like, it's
2: impossible to tell. I've tried. You yeah. <laughs> can't. So I'd love to know who's in this thing because there's a million teams in this thing. It seems like what? Is it 16 teams? I guess it is.
1: 16 teams, I believe. Yeah,
2: I think it's 16 teams or something
1: like Do they have it here. Let me see. Dusty Rhodes. Has anybody screenshot this graphic? And oh, we got full bracket. So Wrestling Inc. Thank you. Oh, someone actually. Uh, I don't know who it was, but just, right, let's God bless this them.
2: All right. This bracket down bracket
1: yeah. Breakaday. now we're uh, these are after you know these shows have, or, or some of these matches have already happened yes, so yes. some of these guys are out but we're just going to go over the whole. here's everybody that was in it uh Brackaday was Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy and then Angelo Dawkins and Sawyer Fulton
2: okay that's the, so that's the match that's the match right
1: yeah and we saw that one I think they showed a clip oh, of that did one they? Uh, Finn they, show- they did yes yeah they showed Enzo and Cass versus those uh, I'm gonna
2: kids. assume Enzo and Cass moved on
1: uh yes uh Finn Balor Samoa Joe versus the Lucha Dragons we saw that match as well right. Uh, Wesley Blake, Buddy Murphy versus the Villains.
2: That's interesting that they put those teams against each other in the first round because that meant one of them was out immediately. And, uh, right. The Villains won, correct?
1: I believe so. Yes. Uh, Tucker Knight and Elias the Drifter Samson versus Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. And
2: that's they showed highlights the of that last yeah. night. Yeah.
1: Uh, Mojo Raleigh and Zach Ryder versus uh, Marcus Luis and Alexander Wolf.
2: That's an interesting team. I don't believe yeah. <laughs> that that aired. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Alexander Wolf. Wow. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, mm-hmm. which is a great team by the yeah. way. Uh versus Neville and Solomon Crow.
2: Yeah, they they aired that match last week. Yeah. yeah that mm-hmm. was on NXT. Okay?
1: Yep, you saw that yeah. one. So uh, Salmon Crow thing, not really working. It's not
2: working, all. no. It's not working it's at so all. so
1: bad. I, did, I was never a fan. Neither was uh, I. And that's nothing against the guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. Didn't like him in Dragon Age USA. Didn't like him on the independents. Think he's equally awful on, on NXT. I so. thought he was
2: massively under, overrated, overrated on the indies. Yes. He started to grow on me just as he was finishing up. And then uh, he has done nothing to impress me in the WWE environment. He's a guy who needs longer form matches to really be, mm-hmm. to showcase his strengths.
1: Uh, Then bracket D of uh, Rhino and Baron Corbin versus the Ascension. I believe we saw that one. Which,
2: I mean, I am just – I was just stunned, stunned that the Ascension, who dominated NXT, I mean just dominated, just murdered people for a year, held the titles forever. They come back to NXT, (laughs) and they job them out to Rhino and and Baron Corbin. Uh That doesn't tell you where the Ascension stands in that company. Nothing will. They can't even get a first-round win in a developmental tournament. So those guys just you know, uh, the next the next time there's a mass cleaning, those are guys who should hide their phones.
1: Yeah, uh, and those are guys again we've we've mentioned on the show before that have been there for like eleven years. Like you won't even know it, but like Connor has been. Connor
2: you know, is. Let me tell you like something.
1: Two thousand six or something, right? Like,
2: Legitimately. He is one of the <laughs> longest tenured people in that company and he still stinks. How's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's still not even a passable professor.
1: At what point do you just retire? at what point do you just go, you know what? I need to find a different. Well, career. I mean, like, not. This... Yeah, he
2: might as well take those checks while he's I mean, I guess. I do you
1: mean? want to fail miserably? He's so Don't you know he knows he's bad though, right?
2: I would think that he knows he's bad. The other guys not that bad. Victor is okay. Victor is okay. Connor is really yeah, bad. God. It's like he has two left feet. He's never gets better. Um, he's a guy who just he's big. And, you know, I think he was let go a couple of times. I I don't think it's consecutive since 2006. But the point is, he's been around since like for about a decade. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he's no good. And he's never going to. He's a guy who, like we talked he's about last. He's
1: well, like, nothing's going to happen. Good. The light bulb is not coming right. on. At he's any never going to be gone. Uh, and then the final match is Tyler Breeze, Bull Dempsey, and then Gargano and Ciampa. So we saw that one last yeah, uh, so. week. Uh, what would you think of those two guys? I thought they were okay. The
2: match itself wasn't very good. I thought Johnny Gargano blew all three of those guys away in the match. I thought he was clearly the best person in the match. I loved his interplay with Bull Dempsey. I loved when he tried the flying cross body and just bounced off him. Um, I thought his facial expressions were great. I thought his bu- I, yeah, I, his bumping was fucking tremendous. Bumping around for those guys.
1: He's a guy who tomorrow could just join that main roster and, and and be, you know, maybe not a star, but but be a solid hand. Johnny
2: Gargano for the next, you know,
1: ten years. Johnny you know? Johnny
2: Gargano can be signed tomorrow and like you said, not miss be on that main roster and you wouldn't he could just step right in. He's that good. He's I completely agree. Um, you know, he's very small. Very small. Uh but I mean, as far as a guy who um could be a babyface who you know takes bumps and makes guys look good, and be, you know, an enhancement guy. Um, yeah, I, there's no question he could do that tomorrow. You're absolutely right.
1: And that's your Dusty Rhodes Invitational Classic Tag Team Classic, whatever the hell. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. I thought it was Invitational. It's not.
2: So they're taping as we speak. So do you want to look stupid for listeners and make some predictions sure to go wrong?
1: Because uh, yeah, let's do how it. You, yeah. How do
2: you think this thing is going to go? I, I mean, I'm kind <sighs> of okay. thinking. I'm kind of thinking Joe and Balor get to the finals and then one turns on the other because that that's that's
1: that I, I said that when they announced those two as, as a team that yeah and then if you watch the next this week there was a very you know weird sense of Samoa Joe handing in the title there you go champ you know there's your title oh, or whatever. is that
2: what you got out of that that's interesting I, did, yeah. I kind of blew that off as nothing.
1: I kind of um, thought I mean, he, he wasn't outward, but I thought it was Smojo. Kind of looked at it for a second and then handed it to him and goes, "Oh, you know, don't forget your title champ or whatever." Yeah, I mean, you're was,
2: probably right. This is WWE we're talking about, so yeah,
1: right. it was pretty. To me, the, Joe's turning on on Balor. Yeah, which you know would
2: be a good move, I think. Um, I would,
1: uh, Who are they faced in the finals? Um, well, you got the brackets hmm. there in front of you,
2: so yeah, I don't who's know who's on the opposite side there. Maybe uh, how do you how do you eliminate the champ? Well, do the villains win the whole thing because they're the champions? Is that possible? But doesn't it kind of make the villains look like geeks if they get to the finals against them and the only reason they win? Well, I
1: guess not. I
2: guess not, though, because they'd be facing the champion. Right. So it wouldn't look as bad. You see where I was going with that.
1: Yeah, they're facing that. Yeah. But they're facing the champ and, you know, presumably the the next in line for the for the NXT title. So, yeah.
2: Right. Um, So, you know, I guess it would be. Them in the fine. I mean, uh, it, it's going to be a short stay for Gargano and uh, and Champa because they're facing. Um, I saw who they were facing next, and there's no way they're winning. Oh, uh, Rhino and Corbin.
1: It would be Rhino and Corbin,
2: yeah. And they're not. I don't think they're going to knock Corbin out that fast. Well, you know what? I.
1: They might. Yeah, they might do the dream team. Corbin's teams, like, not you know, here. that
2: mega. He's been losing on the house he's no, a lot too. Yeah. So it, it it could be a deal where like the outside team kind of makes a decent little run. I could see them winning that, and again, the match will be over by the time people
1: listen to this. But and he hates geek wrestling, Baron Corbin, so maybe that'll kickstart a feud with Johnny Gargano. <laughs> that's a good geek.
2: point. Well, hopefully, they play off of that, and they won't, you know, but
1: <laughs> they might. You never yeah, know. They,
2: they could. Um, you know, NXT. I give more benefit of the doubt. They do cool yeah. little things more than the main roster does. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I guess it would. Are they? Are they on the opposite side of the vaude villains? Balor.
1: Ah, uh, they are. They are enough. So that play,
2: would yeah. make the most sense, right? I mean, because otherwise, then you got to knock the vaudevillains out early, which is kind of like, um, you know, it doesn't make a, a ton of sense unless there's a. What about your right? height, bros. I mean, I would expect them to win a couple matches, right? Yeah, I, you know, um, I would expect them to win a couple matches. What I like about this too is it kind of has. It has sort of a Crockett Cup feel because, you know, you have the team coming in from the outside. And they did that cool vignette with Regal where he said they were the two hottest free agents in wrestling. And, um, you know, and you have a couple teams of guys that haven't even been on NXTV yet. So it just it feels like they're culling teams from all over the place. You know, they brought in the Ascension from the main roster. You know, it's, it's like it's got that whole cry. Do you remember the Crockett Cups or no? Or is that it's?
1: I, I I've have went back and watched them a little bit, but yeah, I don't I, I didn't live them at the time. If that you
2: know. well, you know, they they would bring in teams from all sorts of different territories and whatnot, and you know, it was kind of a cool deal because then you got exposed to guys that you know you would otherwise never see. So it was kind of cool from that perspective. It would be nice if there was an all encompassing network of someone who owned this footage that would make it available for people to watch, wouldn't that be? Nice?
1: Hmm. That'd be great, like a, a wrestling network. Yeah, and you'd pay. What would you pay, like a flat fee per month? Something then, like ten
2: bucks a month, or something like that. Uh-huh. And, you know, when they had something like a Dusty Rhodes Invitational, they can you know show you the history and lineage of things like that, and maybe you know put the two Crockett Cups up there for fans. Yeah,
1: and, like you know, tweet it out and say, you know, hey, you know, for people that are enjoying the Dusty Tag Team Classic, here's you know a, a classic tournament or whatever, or you know program. Around there, if you have a live feed, that'd be that'd be cool. I know
2: it's a crazy idea, and I know, you know
1: <laughs> it's, it's the silly, Crockett yeah. Cups
2: had some of the best tag team matches of the era and of all time, really. Some of those matches, but you know, um, you know, why would anybody want to watch that stuff? But
1: um, I like I like tournaments in general, and tag tournaments, you know, specifically because I think is what's cool about them. And you sort of mentioned as well, you're getting to see all these different guys, you're getting to see these characters, and these guys are able to sort of, in a way, stand out, and they're all serious about what they're doing. It's not like a you know a mindless jason george chad campbell or chad gable versus whoever you know chad campbell hi (laughs) welcome place be nation chad campbell uh you know just like a worthless you know random match on nxt that's over in 38 seconds or whatever everybody's coming in there and and you know there are going to be their your your matches that are over in a minute and under a minute or whatever but everybody's serious you know what i mean that's what's cool they all want this thing they all want to win this trophy they all want to win it and and it's a big deal to them yes and that's That's what's cool is you get these guys' emotions, you get these guys playing off each other a little bit. Like you have Tyler Breeze and Bull Dempsey had a fun little you know gimmick there where they're kind of you know they're this awkward team that's together and you know stuff like that's fun. It gets guys over and it's it's a quick way to get guys over too. And you're getting so many guys in in, you know ten minutes or whatever. You're getting four different characters over way more than you do just a random tag match like you, you should run tournaments all the goddamn time Not i don't know if you need to do you know wrestle one style of, of literally a tournament every single month or whatever but you know something like this is, is is cool it's really really fun and it's it's opening eyes to you know i had people saying oh this chad gable guy's really good and i said yeah he's, he's great they wouldn't have known that really you know he comes up on nxt you know every so often but he comes in as the guy who's already in the ring and you go oh well shit this is over like you know and it looks he like Baron it, Corbin, it, and who cares? And yeah. with
2: Tyler Breeze and Bull Dempsey, it looks like it's going to transition right into a feud with those guys, right?
1: And then you just build up so many things. Like when this thing is over, we just mentioned Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Tyler Breeze, Bull Dempsey. At some point, you probably get a, a Rhino, Baron Corbin. At some point, it that just it with the vaude villains, and yeah, it, right, right. So there's always that. Then you you're done with this thing, and that's why tournaments are so great as well. And that's what was so good about when, when you know. Major companies can do tournaments well. Is that when you leave that thing, you should have seven different, you know, title matches done, you know, ready to go, or not, not title matches necessarily, but feuds and everything's ready to go. I mean, those it's 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 so easy. It's it's amazing they don't do more. And, of
2: it. and look how excited we are about it now. If this was taking place on Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> What would our enthusiasm levels be like? We wouldn't even be talking about the fucking thing. I guarantee no. you we wouldn't even – Well, because it would be four teams. There would
1: be four teams in it. It would be the, uh, the essential – Probably you know, Well, maybe – Well, Honestly, let, let's think. Okay, a WWE tag tournament.
2: Well, they got plenty of tag teams, but here's the problem, Rich. It would be centered around the authority, and they'd be involved in every match and screwing over every team involved. And it, the focus wouldn't be on the tournament, and the focus – would not be what you're saying where it's all these characters putting over how important it is for them to win it. The focus would be on how can the authority get more over and screw everybody and and somehow put the focus on Seth Rollins. That's what it would be. And and we wouldn't be interested in it because it'd be it'd be that, you know, it'd be, it, it they, you know why we're so interested in this there's a sports element to it. And we always go yep. that and we're guys that that's what appeals to us about wrestling wrestling is the sports element. And there's a sports element to this tournament. It's 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 guys going out there wanting to prove themselves. And there's no overriding thing here other than everyone just wants to win the tournament, which is good enough for guys like me and you. Yeah, exactly. If this was on Raw and SmackDown, you know, and and Vince and Kevin Dunn and whoever the fuck had their hands in it, it wouldn't. Be about that. It would be about some goofy authority storyline, or it would be about you know uh, Kane, you know, making sure that Seth Rollins advances every race, and, and we wouldn't be interested in it at all. We wouldn't even be paying attention to watching, and we definitely wouldn't be spending this much time talking about it on this podcast. That's for sure. So I think I think that's your difference right there. But um, you know, NXT went through kind of a dry spell for a while there until the Brooklyn show, and I thought the last three weeks, which was the Brooklyn show, last week's show, and now this week's show, um, I've enjoyed, you know, they've been excellent, I thought we're, we're kind of getting back in the groove here, um, and they've been better shows than what we saw maybe for what, the two months prior where NXT... Yeah, they
1: got it. really boring for a while there, they're, 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 this tournament especially has come at exactly the right time, because I don't know what... They would really do right now, especially with the, the the women sort of being where they are right now, where it's kind of a rebuilding phase. Yeah. This tournament has been just the perfect idea to kind of fill this gap because, yeah, it's made it exciting. Like, I was really interested. Like, this is the first show, as I mentioned to you, when we were, we were starting the show. I didn't watch Ring of Honor yet. Uh, I wasn't watching it live. Um, and the on-demand was was tough to find because, you know, <laughs> Ring of Honor's Side membership doesn't really work. They also don't have it on Destination America either. But... Uh, for that on-demand of Destination America. But NXT was the first one that I said, no, I got to watch this" because I wasn't home yesterday. But when I got home, I went and watched it immediately. It was the first thing I watched. Even after you said oh, RH is one of the best hours of TV, I said, yeah, I'll watch it eventually. But man, I'm really interested in what happens in this tournament. So I went right away and watched NXT. And that's I haven't been doing that for a while. I've been s- flat out skipping NXT a lot of times as well. So
2: I've been watching NXT in two or three week bunches for a while there where I was just, you know, you know um, crash watching it after blowing it off for a or two, So, and, you know, we're going to get Sami Zayn back soon and we're going to get Hideo Itami back soon. And, you know, those guys kind of got hurt. Right. at the You know, that really would have been a real cool period of NXT if everybody would have stayed healthy and Kevin Owens was still there. We talked about that for a long time where all those stars were going to align and we were going to have all those great workers there at once. But it just didn't work out that way because, you know, two of the best guys got hurt. Those guys will be back soon, and it'll be interesting how they work them in. Could you have imagined an NXT with Samoa Joe and and Finn Balor and, and Hideo Itami and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? That would have been incredible, but it just didn't work yeah. out that way um, because of injuries and and Kevin Owens being so awesome, um, you know that he skyrocketed right up the uh, right up the ladder on the main roster. So, um, you know, we said and, and look, there's going to be an influx of guys. Yuhan Nation is I always forget what they call him. What's his name? Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz. Yes, right? he. Got him starting to uh, establish himself now. We know that there is an influx of other um, indie names who are coming in soon. The cat's out of the bag. Rich Swan, a name that we've been hearing for months and months and months, but now it's pretty much official. Um, they're not even hiding that one anymore. Athena you know what, is what one sucks is talked about. I,
1: I brought one of my buddies. I brought one of my buddies to Dreamwave, and he's a, he's a relatively casual fan. Like he he, he watches WWE. He'll, he'll watch some stuff here and there. And we went to Dreamwave, and the guy that he, I swear to God, would not stop talking about for like weeks on end. He, he keeps talking about him is Rich Swan. He said, oh, my God, that guy's the greatest thing ever. Like, I love his – because I, I went to – go. I was going to go to the bathroom, and then I heard – I saw the matchup was going on. I was responding. I said, no, I'm going to stay here. And I said, you were going to want because he was like, oh, well, then I'll go. And I was like, no, no, no. Stay right here and watch this entrance, and then you can go do whatever the hell you want. But you have to be here for this entrance. And then, you know, he obviously stayed. He took a video on his phone. And then, I swear to God, the entire car ride home, which is like two and a half hours, he was talking about, oh, you know, what, what's Rich Swan done? Where, where, where's he going? What's he doing? And I was like, ah, I don't know if you're gonna be able to enjoy Rich Swan very much longer. And then, I unfortunately had to tell him the news that that Rich Swan will probably not be at his next Dreamwave show. So,
2: yeah. So he was so
1: pumped about Rich Swan. So I, I feel bad now. Yeah, <sighs> Rich Swan cares. Now guy. is when he becomes a Rich Swan fan. I was like, dude, you're were, you're were late. <laughs> I've been telling you. I've been telling you Rich Swan's awesome. So.
2: I always picture these Chicago area indie shows like right around the corner from your house. I, I don't picture you driving.
1: Uh- the only one is AW was like 10 minutes away from where I live. That I could get to in like 5 to 10 minutes. Yeah. Easily. Uh, the Ring of Honor show, which I'm going to uh, tomorrow by the time people listen to this. It'll be Saturday or whatever. So that one, about a half an hour or so. It, it's in the suburbs. Nobody really runs in Chicago proper because it's so fucking expensive. mm like any venue here would be ridiculous. Like an AU need like a union to set up your fucking ring and like oh, set up yeah. the and shit. So that's why Vince runs in Rosemont. Right. Not the United Center. Like he could he could probably put, you know, 19,000 people in the United Center if he really wanted. But he chooses to you know put 13,000 in the all-state arena because he's going to make way more money doing that because he doesn't have to pay, you know, a union electrician to plug his lights in. You know, surprise
2: so. that building's still standing. I mean,
1: what else? So they, are, well, Allstate Arena, they did a massive uh, renovation on it. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s. So
2: it's not dilapidated. It's still... No,
1: functional. no. It's, it's I mean, it, it's, it sucks. It's, it's a pretty terrible arena. Like, it's fun to go in. And obviously the crowd, the way it's structured is so loud in there because of the way it's built and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's why every show that you see there is is insane. And that Chicago Crowds as well. It, it, it's got, like, weird intricacies. Like, it's got, like, two doors to get in. So, like, it'll take you fucking three hours to get out of that place. There's, like, one street that leaves the arena, so it takes, like, four hours to get out of the parking lot. Like, I went to a raw and I didn't get home until 2 a.m. one night. And that's when I decided no more three-hour raws ever again for me (laughs) after that. Um, And then it's got weird stuff like the the rows go, like, 20 deep. You know how modern rows, like, every 10 seats there's, you, you know, a walkway or whatever. Right, right, right. Not the Allstate Arena, no. It's like 20 deep. So, my friend, you know, the same friend that I was talking about with Sean, once we went to uh, one of the Raws or something like that. And he bought tickets. And he's like, oh, we're, you know, seat nine and 10 or whatever. We'll be right in the aisle. And it turned out we were right in the fucking middle.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So we had to go get beer, and it would take like 15 minutes to get up to get beer every single time. So there's weird issues like that where there, it's like a horrible fire hazard. So you were the
2: but you were the assholes making everybody get up.
1: Exactly. Yeah. At one point, I was like, Dan, I I don't care. We're just not going to drink. I'm not going go to going to go to the bathroom. I'll just wait. Like because then I had to go to the bathroom, and I was like, fuck. I, and then you I can't. then you
2: got to make that sports arena decision when you're the asshole that makes everyone get up. Do you make do you put your ass in everybody's face?
1: Or, or do you put your yeah. crotch
2: in everybody's
1: face? I do crotch. I do crotch. I'm
2: a crotch guy. I got to tell I feel you. like I
1: have more control on my back. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, because I don't know where my ass is. You know, if I'm facing the other way, I don't know where my ass is, you know, relative to their face. You know, if I got the crotch, I'm looking right at them. So I can sort of, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And, you know, if I hit somebody in the back of the head with my ass, nobody cares. But, you know. Neither
2: is ideal. But you know
1: no I, I mean ideally you wouldn't do either but. but
2: i I'm definitely a crotch guy. You can never just be you know they never make them wide enough where you can – it's a
1: great clip i hope I hope somebody cl- clipped that last part out
2: what that I'm a crotch guy
1: Joe Lanza saying I'm a crotch guy that's, <laughs> so that's going come that, up that's going come up at some point that'll be in our new intro <laughs> in three so.
2: that's right up there with I hope no one ever finds me saying Joe Lanza enjoys hot young boy action if anyone ever <laughs> finds that one because out of context, I mean that one will get me put in jail. In context, it made perfect sense.
1: That's why I try to say "Young Lion," even if it's not New Japan, because "Young Boy" is just kind of
2: listen. Weird. I got way <laughs> too excited about Komatsu and Tanaka, and I said, "Joe,
1: listen." Oh, who does? I, listen, Joe
2: Lanza enjoys some hot Young Boy action, and unfortunately, I just gave someone the clip right there, uh, so now they don't have to search for
1: it. That was pretty clean too. I didn't laugh. No, yeah, that was of pretty. Of course, clean. you
2: did. No, you interrupt my intro.
1: <laughs> but that was clean. But yeah, when that, I'm that. pulling
2: a Jared Fogle, you have no problem, you know, making sure that it's clean. Uh, how about that guy? What a nutcase, huh?
1: Yeah, Jeez. that's...
2: You just never know your neighbors, you know?
1: No, and that's, again, that's for brands, and, and this goes to wrestling, too. This is why you don't hitch your wagon to one person for too long.
2: Yeah, I mean, you
1: just... because I mean, that, that guy was Subway. I mean, when you think of Subway, you think of him for the past 10 years, and unfortunately, he, you know...
2: Look, I have a theory. My theory is everybody has a fetish. You might not even know you have a fetish. Uh, everyone has one. You just never know your neighbors, you know it's like who would ever think that that guy would be a kid like it wouldn't even ca- cross your mind that he's a kid toucher. You know what i mean it's like wh- like you can't even conceive it and it's like you know they, they 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 just and then one day they just break into the guy 's house, they take his computer, and now it comes out that you know he was banging sixteen year old sex slaves brought in from Nicaragua or whatever yeah. it's, it's just what a fucking creep you know it's like have the decency to have a filthy fetish that doesn't involve children. Like,
1: be into, There's so many. There's so many out there. There's so many, many fetishes there.
2: you could choose from. You could, you could be into feet, you know. you, you know
1: Rex Ryan, yeah, I like Rex Ryan. Look Ryan's at Rex style. Ryan,
2: you know. That, that guy, you know, that... That's
1: a proud foot fetish. Proud guy. Foot fetish, he doesn't care. The <laughs>
2: video came out of him, you know, with the stranger and the feet and his wife's feet, and it's like, it blew right over. It was a thing for a couple...
1: Because he said, was, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, exactly, you know, so he likes feet. You know, it is what it is, you know, you... You could be into it. There's a million fetishes. Why with the kids stuff? I don't understand it. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. There's so many wacky fetishes out there. It's 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 it, it, the kids. Stuff, it just blows my mind. But yeah, what a fucking creep that guy. And then it's like, you know, it, it's like it, not that it could ever be good. But then he piles on top of it by like, you know, using like. Sex slave prostitutes that were probably busting at the border in the back.
1: Yeah, like weird. Those text messages were just creepy. Where like one of them was like, How was it? And he's like, It was amazing. You know, like that one. I was just like, Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, or,
2: or where he was like, uh, You know, well, 16's okay, but if you can find me younger.
1: Yeah, like, dear God. Like, <laughs> oh, God. like drink bleach. Like, drink bleach and let yourself God on fire. sick. Like, you
2: know, I mean, this is a guy who probably would have banged a 10 year old if he could have, you know? And yeah, that's. Just... It just. Don't ever let him out of prison. Don't ever, ever. And he has kids. The guy has kids. Yeah,
1: that's where it's the worst. You know, and oh, it's God,
2: those, those kids. Oh, man. Uh, but anyway, so uh, what the hell? How would we get on Jared Fogle? Where'd-
1: I don't know. I think we were talking about <laughs> NXT and, and I Actually, what the hell did we talk about before? I think I legitimately do not know what the all state arena or some shit. Yeah, you were talking about the all state. Oh, because you were saying you, you thought everywhere I go in Chicago is like five minutes away, but
2: that's what it was. We can move right into ROH here. We're yeah, let's do a it. ROH, anyway. So, um, what, 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 what do we got? Well, you didn't see the TV last night. which
1: I have not seen the TV yet, but you you said it was one of the best hours of TV this year. Best so. hours
2: of, of wrestling TV this year. It was one of the best TV shows this year. I put it right up there with any Lucha Underground episode you want to pick, and I put it right up there with the Ring of Honor episode that had the uh, Nakamura Strong match and then the six Man with Okada and the uh, Rapongi Vice against the Young Bucks and AJ Styles, uh, which I thought was a four-and-a-half-star match. It was just as good as that episode because I thought – The Roderick Strong-Jay Lethal match from last night blew away the Roderick Strong-Nakamura match from that show, and the Young Bucks addiction match wasn't quite as good as the six-man match from that other Ring of Honor episode, but it was very good, and it set some things up for the pay-per-view. But I need to see a full, uncut version of that Roderick Strong-Jay Lethal match, because it was off the fucking charts, but the problem was they took like three commercials during the match, and... You know, I'm, I, I want to see it uncut because I have a feeling that we missed some stuff there, and I'm never really comfortable rating a match or or, or or talking about it when you when you know you didn't see the whole thing. But from what I saw, it looked to be in the four and a half range or higher, and potentially a serious match of the year contender. That's how good that match was. And I'll tell you something about Jay Lethal. He is a sneaky Dark Horse Wrestler of the Year candidate. He has won that title. He has owned it. His character work is outstanding. His matches have been phenomenal, and he has been a more than worthy champion in Ring of Honor. I think he's doing a tremendous job. And that show – look, I was going anyway. But that show last night was so good, and Jay Lethal was so good on that show – I would fucking crawl to San Antonio to go to All Star Extravaganza on Friday. I really would. I wouldn't miss that show for anything. I I, I would. I really wouldn't. There's no way I'm missing that show. I am so into Ring of Honor right now, especially after that TV last night and that phenomenal match. Jay Lethal. This guy is wrestling like a man possessed. Like he has something to prove. He knows this is his time. You know, every wrestler has his time. You know, and for a guy like Jay Lethal. You know, if you're Hiroshi Tanahashi, your time might be 10 years. If you're John Cena, your time never ends. A guy like Jay Lethal, it's like he knows this is his time, and he doesn't know how long it's going to be, and he's really making the most of it. If you don't think he's going to go to San Antonio and try to knock it out of the fucking park in those two matches against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, against two guys who can clearly hang, who are going to want to knock it out of the park too, you're nuts. He is going to kill it in those two matches. Uh, on Friday at All Star, Stra- next Friday at All Star Extravaganza. And I cannot wait. It's going to be a hell of a show. And I'm, ju- I'm just having so much fun watching Jay Lethal this year because you really get the sense that this is a guy who knows this is my chance, this is my opportunity. This could be the last time in my career that I have this kind of spotlight on me. And I'm going to make an impression. And I'm going to go out there every time and just fucking kill it. And I strongly recommend, Rich, that you find a way to watch that match from last
1: night. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to try to watch it tonight uh, yeah, as, as much as I can. Yeah, I'm going to try to find that thing because, yeah, like I said, uh, on demand, I don't get uh, – decim- I get impact on demand uh, on my cable, but I do not get Ring of Honor. And, and yeah, the, the some of the nefarious sources I tried didn't have Ring of Honor yet either. So I'm hoping by the time we're done with this, I'll be able to watch it. So
2: How about these young bucks, man? Is they, look, we talked about earlier when we were talking about AJ Styles. Is there another act in wrestling aside from AJ Styles who every single time out, every single match – deliver as consistently as the Young Bucks. Is there?
1: It's like a boring consistency. Like, it's, it's almost at, at some point, like, I still love them, but, like, you just know, like, no matter what. And I mentioned, I think I mentioned that earlier in this year that it was like, it was like, man, I wish they would just have, like, either a really, really fucking, like, tremendous, like, match-of-the-year level match or even, like, a stinker just so I could see them kind of be different because it's so, it's almost gotten boring that they just have the, like, three-and-a-half stars, so right. three matches.
2: They're so fucking good, these guys. That a mediocre Young Bucks match is better than 99% of the other tag teams' best matches in the world. That's how good they are. It's If you don't vote them number one tag team of the year, you're lost. Oh yeah. You're lost. They need to win that award. They need to break the record for how many points that, that an award is won by between the number one and the number two. They need to break the record for tag team of the year this year. They are, they, they are so fucking good that they're legitimately in the conversation to be one of the best tag teams of all time. They're that good, and they've been that good for the last two or three years. And listen, they were very good before that. You know, They were okay. They, they, were, they were good. Listen, they were guys that got booked in major places back then. And, and look, they're not nearly as good as they are now, but it's not like they came out of nowhere. People knew they were good. Okay, It's not like they were dog shit before this. It's not like they came out of right. left field. OK, so they got a whole career, a decent match. But the last couple last three years or so, I mean, they're just off the fucking charts. They're incredible. I'm watching this match last night and it's just a setup match for, you know, the pay-per-view coming up or whatever. And, you know, it had the screwy finish or you know screw job finish and all that, you know, the addiction it, or, or what do they call them? They're the addiction, right? Danielson and Kazarian. Yeah, the addiction. Were, I'm so bad with these names. But
1: you're out really bad, yeah. It's addiction.
2: And they, they you They change your name, you know, what were they were a the bad bad <laughs> fucking influ, bad intent Remember we used to call them bad intentions all the time, but that Yeah, was, it was bad influence. That right. was Anderson and fucking and right, and right. uh and A train A train uh, okay,
1: you're really just that's nine yeah. giant ago. Bernard. Giant Bernard name. was his <laughs> name. I used to, Prince Albert. Prince that Albert. That was like
2: f- literally five names ago. A train, um, <laughs> yeah, Prince Albert. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, you know, but even though it was like just a setup match for stuff that that's coming, it was fucking incredible. I'm sitting here going, these guys are in an opener on a TV show, a setup match for shit that's going to happen. You know, uh, two weeks later, and it's a fucking four star match. These guys are so fucking good, and they deliver every fucking time. I forget who said it on Twitter. They're arguably the best live act in wrestling today. And they're just, just, you know, everything just came together on that show last night, you know? And you you have a show with the Young Bucks, you have a show with the way Roderick Strong is going, and as good as that match with J. Lee, that's one of the best TV shows of the year. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm thinking about starting to think about the Observer ballot now. We're getting into September, soon it'll be October. You guys start thinking about these things. I got to tell you, you know, this Ring of Honor TV. It might not be as consistent as Lucha Underground was, but I'll tell you what, man. I, it's just more my speed. I think I'm going to vote Ring of Honor show of the year. I really do because they've had a couple of shows that to me were better than Lucha Underground's best stuff. And you know how I feel about Lucha Underground. It kinda, that act kind of got tired for me towards the end of the run. You know, As much as I like it and I really thought it would be a lock for TV shows, I don't know, man. Um, you know, and, and look, the problem with Ring of Honor, though, is some weeks they really put out duds. I can
1: only. It gets real boring sometimes. Yeah. They, they. And not even boring. Like, there's some that are outwardly bad. That, that's one of our criticisms with NXT is that I don't know if there's ever really a, a ton of truly bad NXT episodes, but there's a lot of boring ones. They'll have a period where it's just like nothing is happening and it's not bad. It's just kind of there. Whereas, you know, Ring of Honor will have. The, they'll have some really just, like, bad shows. But then again, their highs are so high. I mean, their highs are are well above what you get on a weekly NXT show.
2: Yeah. I- you know,
1: excluding the specials, way higher highs than than any pretty much anything. But maybe Lucha Underground. That would be my biggest is, is Lucha Underground versus them would be a tough case. Because I agree. They're right up there. I mean, I, I don't think I ever really watched a Ring of Honor episode and, and think, I mean, they've had some ones that are, 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 you know, as I said, you know, not great or whatever, but by and large, it's a pretty damn good show. Like, I don't, I don't avoid it at any point. Like, it's, they, it's, it's not something I go they, out of my way to watch unless it's highly praised, but yeah.
2: But, they, you know, they recently had like a four week stretch where it was just all B.J. Whitmer all the time. and it,
1: Yeah, those were terrible shows. It, yeah. You
2: know, and like the New York taping wasn't that good, the Baltimore taping. But it's like, you know, when it, the highs are so high, and, and, and you know, it, look, Lucha Underground, the thing with Lucha Underground is the, the consistency. There was never a bad episode of Lucha Underground. I remember when Lucha Underground first started, and you know people were raving about the first episode, and the insiders were saying that's the worst one, and everyone was like, "Ah, yeah, whatever." But it really was the. Worst.
1: It was true, it, yeah. It,
2: like that—that <laughs> that was the worst episode of Lucha Underground by. Far.
1: And those final like five episodes were just incredible. It's, just, like, it's just
2: so sick. It's kind of like the yeah. Young Bucks theory we just saw. They were so good that you started taking them for granted. Where it's like you know, it's like you'd almost wish they'd have a fucking stinker so you could appreciate how great that they are, the, the, those episodes. So I don't know. I, I, I'm at least thinking about voting for the. Ring yeah. I don't think
1: that's. I don't think that's insane. I mean, at, you all. know, I, I
2: don't know what I'll do at the end of the day, but you know, the, the episode last night and that episode from a couple months ago with those two matches. I mean, that's to me, those are the two best TV shows this year.
1: Um, and and I'm a somebody. I don't think I can accurately vote for New Japan on Access. It, it's tough because I, I agree, but.
2: I will, not, I will not vote for that show.
1: Yeah, and that's just something I feel weird about. I saw having I saw known that they're weird. picking the best of the best. Like, well, no, y- I, you don't know, have what I have mean. a problem
2: with it from that aspect. I have a problem with it for me personally from the aspect of it's not the best show to me because I already saw the match.
1: You've seen so everything. For yeah. me,
2: it's not the best show. I think if someone is a viewer with fresh eyes who doesn't follow New Japan and they, or, or, or more appropriately, you, because I'll tell you what, if you follow their Twitter feed. And the people who tweet about that show, I'm shocked when I go through those timelines. A lot of the people who watch that New Japan on Access show are not up on current New Japan. It, 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 you, you get the sense that that's the only New Japan that they watch, the New Japan that's on Access.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it's a, it's a language barrier. There are a lot of people that just will not go with the language barrier. I don't think it's a, it's an access thing because obviously you can get easier than ever. You can get New Japan. I think it's just a lot of those people, the big chunk of people that just – Literally will not watch it because it's in Japanese, and this is their only outlet because it's in English. Yeah, and to them,
2: it's it's all fresh, it's all new, and they fucking rave about it. They love it, obviously, yeah. because they're they're great matches. And it's like, um, you know, it's to those people, I don't, I wouldn't have a problem. I don't, have, I wouldn't have a problem with people who vote that as the best show, especially if you're someone who that's how you follow New Japan and that's your favorite weekly TV show. I don't have a problem with that. For me. I can't say it's my favorite show. I have a, I have them stockpiled on my DVR. I don't go out of my way to watch them. I delete a lot of them. I look at the matching, eh, I don't really want to rewatch that match. You know what I mean? It's like, whereas with Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground, I'm, you know, I'm right on top of it. You know, I... I if I'm being honest, I like those shows better. And a big reason is I saw the matches already. If if New Japan was showing fresh matches that were exclusive to the TV show with how great the commentary is and 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 the fact that you're getting subtitled promos, maybe my thought process would be different. But that's not the case. There are matches that are a year old. I, I'm with you. I, I will not vote for it.
1: Um, let's break down these cards here that we got upcoming. Um, the one I'm going to on Saturday, I believe you're – your young boy Case Lowe, will be there as well. So I'll very quickly, though, good...
2: I will be voting a uh, uh, moral best announcer. Though I think that's
1: oh god, yes, he's so. He,
2: no one's even in, in his strat. I, look, a lot of people don't <laughs> who like
1: could you who... vote for. I mean, honestly, who but who would be that's the, the second? Thing. I mean, who
2: the fuck are you gonna? You know who'd be second contender? Barnett. That's who. Yeah, <laughs> right. they're the two best. It's not even close. And, I, and there's a lot of people who, who still don't like Morrow. I, I get it. I like him. A lot. I, look, I've always liked him. I like him doing boxing. I like him doing MMA. I always like Morrow. I don't know. I like the guy. And, I, and right. I really love him doing this wrestling. I think he does a great
1: job. And, uh, and Barnett. Who else would you, I mean, honestly, who, who would you really like? Let, let's, let's even like, try to break this out in a sense. You got Kevin Kelly and Carino.
2: Well, those two guys would be my one and two. And my number three might be Carino. It might be okay. because I he's
1: OK. He's yeah, great. he's
2: OK. He's not. Listen. He doesn't offend me ever with saying stupid shit. He doesn't get over the top goofy. I don't really like Kelly. Kelly. Uh, I don't I like Kelly. Get, I, I can take her.
1: Kelly was one of the rare guys I actually enjoyed better in WWE than I do without the reigns. Like I actually didn't mind him as a, as a WWE announcer back, you know, in the 97, 98 era or whatever. But I really don't like him as Reign Corey Honor. Graves. Corey, he's improving a lot he i'm a guy who does who hated him at first thought he was just the shit he's gotten a lot better he's starting to get his voice he's starting to kind of figure out you know what character he wants to play as an announcer and it's it's been really good the past you know month or two he's been spectacular so he, he's one that i would um you know i don't think he's done it enough for for long enough of the year but he's he's one that that he's a sneaky contender i like for sure. the
2: subtle heel stuff that he does
1: yeah it, it's good but it's not over the top heel. you know it's
2: i was just enough you know i was watching um the uh field of honor show and it was the it was the elgin versus um goto match and first of all i was kind of getting upset because elgin's making his way to the ring and kelly's just kelly and carino are going on and on about how uh hashtag big mike is the hottest ha- hashtag in wrestling and how <laughs> the big mike t-shirt is the hottest selling t-shirt in the history of ring of honor and this and that and then i got mike elgin going on uh podcast saying that he doesn't know where it came from well let me tell you something big mike elgin OK, I'm coming to San Antonio next Friday and you're going to find out where that hashtag came from on San Antonio. I can promise you that, because if you're at that merch table selling that big Mike shirt, you're going to find out from Joe Lanza, from the source. I'm going to have to tweet. <laughs> I'm telling you, Rich. I'm going to have the tweet ready in hand and I'm going to show him the source of that hashtag, okay? I don't want any of his money, but I want the proper credit for coming up with the hashtag.
1: Right, just and, credit, that's, that's all. I want. You don't want half to, you don't want 25% of the, the t-shirts or whatever, you don't want I, that. I mean, we, if, we
2: won't refuse. If he it, will we,
1: yes, if he is willing to do that, we will talk, but, <laughs>
2: but All right, listen. Me and Big Mike are going to have a big conversation in San Antonio. I can promise you that. Okay, that's definitely happening. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But anyway, so during the course of that match, this is what this is the stuff I love about Steve because no one else is really doing this anymore aside from the Axis guys. Um, so they're wrestling and, you know, it was in the baseball stadium, right? Field of Honor. So, right, right. So Carino's saying, you know, he was saying that Elgin had an edge against Goto in the match because of the baseball stadium. And Kelly was like, really? What, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 it's not going where you think it's, oh, okay. it's not going <laughs> with Elgin wanting to play center field. For the Cardinals. Oh, goes, it. You know, the athletes here in Ring of Honor. We wrestle in baseball stadiums all the time. And, you know, they never do that in Japan. And, you know, maybe if Godot was a Puerto Rican competitor where they wrestle in baseball stadiums, uh, you know, it would be a wash. But the, the air density is different, Kevin. And the fans are a little further from the ring. So the sound doesn't echo quite the same. And that could be an adjustment for these New Japan athletes. And, you know, what he was saying was really silly at its core. But I love shit
1: like that. And he believed it too, and that's the cool thing too. Is if you if you have enough confidence by saying it as an announcer, you can say pretty much whatever you want, yes. as long as you, he, you have he, enough he, of a it confidence. Was, with he it, was yeah. really
2: approaching this dumb point from such a serious sports-minded direction, right? Like the air density, you're outdoors, the fans are further, this and that. But he, he it was not tongue in cheek at all. It fit the and now in Ring of Honor, you can get away with that context, and it works because Ring of Honor takes the product seriously. And he was really just coming up with an angle to to talk about the match where you know one guy would have an edge over the other and when I'm watching and I'm suspending my disbelief, I can buy into something like that. I thought that was really cool. And Carino does stuff like that all the time. He finds these interesting uh, you know uh, you know either sports related or wrestling related He treats it like a sport and that it, it, we, we talk it rich. That connects with us. We we enjoy that. So you know, I, I enjoyed that. So he'd probably be my number three. I think he does a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, thinking of other guys. I mean, obviously, you're not going to do Michael Cole, or Booker T, Jerry Lawler, like none. Of the, a lot of those WWE guys, Rich Brennan. Like, I think any Cole of those guys.
2: is perfectly average now. He's fine. Perfectly average. He's not a guy I'd put in a top three or anything, but he's perfectly average.
1: And then looking at other, and now I'm trying to think, Josh Matthews, <laughs> the Pope. Yeah, I don't. They're
2: think. not Matthews. Stinks.
1: Um, the pope <laughs> the pope i kind of have to the laugh at like he's driving su- me crazy like no he's he's fun because like at first he did and i was like this guy sucks but then once you realize he sucks it's kind of okay you know what i mean he's like fun bad he's better than Uso. yes exactly because Uso still is kind of like trying but you you sense that pope just knows it's a fucking joke when he's like sitting in a closet with josh Matthews, you know recording this shit and he's just like whatever who cares yes. like i'm just glad to be here so so i like that but anyway um all-star extravaganza we'll we'll, we'll break that or actually no you want to do my card first
2: yeah yeah what do you got in chicago
1: we'll do it all right well (laughs) thankfully signed to appear these are not guys that have matches yet uh ring of honor world and world tv champion jay lethal will be there signed to appear and then guess who joe your favorite my favorite the biggest draw in chicago the biggest draw in, in ring of honor really Cliff Compton. You better will be, be careful
2: because this guy's gonna die and the blood is gonna be on your hands because this guy, what do you have a seizure or something?
1: He what? did. Yeah, he's fine though, right?
2: I guess so if he's still scheduled to appear, right?
1: He's on the, Why he's is... on the goddamn poster. He's on poster. <laughs> Why is he on the poster? I don't know. Why don't they go Look at look who's on these posters? Okay, Joe, look who's on this poster. All right, all right, run it down. All right. How ridiculous it is that he's on this level. Okay, so you have on this poster, you have Jay Lethal in the middle with his two belts. Fine. Uh to his left is one of the bucks. To his right is one of the bucks. Up there is Mark Briscoe. Up there is Jay Briscoe. Next to those two is Matt Seidel. And then who on the way left but Cliff Compton? Why? He is not. like One of those (laughs) things don't belong. I don't get it. It's (laughs) because it's it's like a terribly rendered photo, too. He doesn't even fit in with the rendering. But it's Cliff. I mean, come on. Like, Look at the list of the guys that are on this card. And you'll see, like, why the fuck is Cliff Compton on the poster?
2: I think (laughs) they need to. Why don't they go all the way with this and bring in uh, Deuce? And uh, just reform the tag team. Yeah, right. Just do it big. Get get shade involved. He's not doing enough these days. Right? At least just call him court. a Basically, favorite.
1: At least get him to like pawn like Hulk Cabana to come out or, or something. You, you know what I mean? Like if you're gonna do this for Cliff Compton, like don't you know you don't really want Cliff Compton?
2: Would you be into a Deuce and Domino uh, reformation on every <laughs> other show?
1: Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I don't think so. What
2: if they? What if they? What if they dug up <laughs> ch- Cherry and added Cherry?
1: Th- cherry was a babe. Yes. So, yes.
2: So if you went to this Ring of Honor show in Chicago and and Cliff Compton came out and he said he had a big surprise for everybody and uh, and 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 Douche Shade or whatever that guy's name was and Cherry came down in her roller skates and her poodle skirt, you'd be into that.
1: Oh yeah, she was a babe.
2: You know, I Great like name. how they were announced from the other side of the tracks i enjoyed
1: it. That. <laughs> that was awesome it was so good deuce and domino was pretty sweet anybody that doesn't like deuce and domino i, I don't know you're kind of you're wrong they were great
2: i mean the matches
1: but no the matches were fucking horrible but <laughs> the characters were great like I, I i like that idea of just a completely bizarre like what are these guys doing like why are you doing this like it, it's stupid but you know hey rhythm and blues is stupid too the honky man is the honky talk man is stupid but if you believe it and if you, if you believe that character, then you can make it work. That's, hey, listen. I'm a believer in that. You can make anything work as long as you believe it.
2: I, you know, I happen to live on the other side of the tracks here in town. And, it, you know, I don't know if you literally. know this, Rich. But I, I literally live on the other side of the tracks. And I happen to be known as a badass myself. So, it, you know, the, the other side of the tracks you, thing. You, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's legitimate. But, see, where I live, if you live on the other side of the tracks, that means you live out, like, by a bunch of ranches and cows. It doesn't mean you live where you know people are robbing liquor stores and mm-hmm. break and breaking bottles on the curb and cutting each other. You know, see Deuce and Domino, the other side of their Tracks. You know that that was that was hard times where they were living. You know that, that those oh, yeah. tracks Trainers, you don't want to be oh, on the yeah, other trains. side of those. Tracks, those are the other you don't want to be on those tracks. Okay, I just got to deal with cows and roosters and shit, so it's a little different.
1: You know, that can be annoying too, though. But
2: it's annoying, you know, at five thirty in the morning when roosters are crowing. But, but, um, you know, I don't even hear. You're that
1: clo- You're I, that close to a rooster.
2: Um, it's really weird where I live. I live down this rural road, right, where all of a sudden you're passing like all these ranches and farms and all this crazy Texas shit, right? And then you just come up on like a normal, um, suburban subdivision and like i live in that interesting right and then but if you drive past the subdivision it's just more ranches and fucking so y- you get all that crazy shit like i'll have people riding horses down the street sometime cuz they have horses you know or i'll have like uh i actually have this one family they're black cowboys and it freaked me out i didn't think that black people were <laughs> into that but i've got this family of black cowboys and they're just you know it's funny because they're wearing like like, uh, urban clothing, but they ride horses. It's huh. bizarre. They're not wearing Western wear, this family.
1: Okay, they're not wearing, like, chaps and a cowboy hat or whatever.
2: No. Oh, they're wearing, like, I don't know the 2015 equivalent, but they're wearing, like, FUBU, and they're riding <laughs> horses. What's the 2015 equivalent to, a, <laughs> to
1: like, FUBU. a FUBU? I don't, I, I don't know. It's not Look, I well. I knew <laughs> FUBU like a...
2: was Look, I I, give me some credit. I said that you know I knew it wasn't. No one's wearing Fubu now, but whatever the equivalent of that is now, that's what they're like. They're wearing Jordans and like they're you know they're dressed like urban people, but they ride (laughs) horses and like you know they do the thing where they're like you know like if you pass a cowboy and he's riding the horse, he'll tip his cap at the car. They always do that. These guys will tip like their sideways baseball cap. With nice oh, with, the stickers, cool. with the stickers still on it you know what i mean it's just it's weird because it's just that's interesting here. yeah i
1: wouldn't i wouldn't take them as as horse riders or like farmers it yeah, flipped
2: me the fuck out when i first moved here like well, the first few times that we saw them we're like what's going on here you know i'll be completely honest i thought they were stealing the horses
1: really <laughs> but, but yeah i mean that's fair i mean honestly it's not even being like you know, yeah it's being prejudiced it's not it's, being racist being prejudiced but yeah i you know from where we both grew up that you, you know that's Unfathomable that you know,
2: rich, it's 100% being racist and prejudiced. And rich. Oh, okay. I totally racially profiled those black cowboys unfairly. It's their horses, they're dressed urban, but they ride horses. But anyway, so you you, you go down, to, this is gonna be one of those shows that gets us in trouble. So you, yeah. you go down, street. we haven't had one of those in a while. So you keep going, and it's just more farms and stuff. So early in the morning, you'll hear roosters and shit, but I don't hear them anymore. But when I have family come over and sleep at the house, like from New Jersey. They're annoyed because they get woken up at 5:30 by these roosters that I don't hear anymore. You know, so it's kind of so like that deal. You hear gunshots the night, like weird shit like that. But uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing like, with the gunshots. I hear gunshots I I guess too, but just... I don't
1: think. Yeah, I hear gunshots too, but I don't think it's because
2: you're hearing different kinds of gunshots. Yes.
1: Yeah. They're not uh they're, they're not on their ranch. Yeah.
2: My my gunshots is they're like chasing away wolves from the chicken hen.
1: Yeah. Your gunshots
2: are it's like Chicago street fights with yeah. hawking animal with their jeans with their knee pads <laughs> right, that's, over yes. the jeans. That's the gunshots that you're hearing.
1: Um and- Occasionally, some heroin comes out as well, but you never know.
2: Absolutely, I, I, you know, I'm, there's probably someone slinging some dope within your vicinity. There, I mean, you know, you live in the heart of uh, urban Chicago, am I right?
1: Uh, not necessarily. I live in Oak Park, which is like a, a rich. Oh,
2: rich. that's right. You live, yeah. You live in like I
1: live outside of it, but I'm like three blocks away. You like, do not live
2: on the other side of the tracks.
1: The- no, no, the other side of the tracks, which is A.K.A. the other side of Austin Boulevard, is where it turns into Chicago, and then for the next like five miles or whatever, it's like the worst stretch of Chicago imaginable it's we call it the west side or whatever people know it as the west side it's just fucking awful yeah so there's you know that's where when you when you see all the 15 killings in chicago like half of them happened right there every single weekend. So, yeah.
2: So, you know, people who listened to me on uh, Alan's show and he was describing his Brazilian Irish people. Remember
1: That's that? still, I, I, I had to tell Michelle that the other <laughs> he, day because we were talking about Ireland and she, I was like, there's Brazilians in Ireland too and I was like, and Italians or whatever. She's like, no, there is because we got into the discussion about pizza and something. And I was like, or she was like, oh, we should move to Ireland or something. It was something like that where we were like, oh, let's get the hell out of this country. Let's go somewhere else, you know, and, and, and I think at one point You know, she said, Oh, why don't we move to like Ireland or whatever? And I was like, Yeah, that's fine. She's like, Yeah, but the food, I don't know if I'd like the food. And I was like, No, they have pizza. She's like, No, they don't. I'm like, No, they they do because that's like a big argument. And then we got into like, No, they have Brazilians too. And she's like, No, they don't. Stop. Like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, No. There's
2: Brazilians in Ireland and there are black cowboys down the street from me. Unbelievable. Wearing Fubu. They're not wearing Fubu, but they're wearing the equivalent to Fubu.
1: Man. I I don't even know what that is. I, I apologize. How
2: white do I sound right now? Um, what what would be an appropriate brand? Is there a brand right now that would you know? FUBU was the shit, like in like two yeah. thousand.
1: Yeah, it's Sean John there for a little while. Remember those? Yes, isn't like that the uh, Puff
2: Daddy brand?
1: Yes, Sean John. P. Diddy. No Diddy one, no one's good. wearing that anymore. No, I don't think so. Well, listen, I, I, if I'm
2: gonna call him A Train, then I'm gonna call P Diddy Puff Daddy. <laughs> 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 See how Daddy. that works?
1: It's like Sean I, Puff Daddy Combs. Yeah, I,
2: it's not Snoop. It's Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> yeah, right. he's still Snoop Doggy Dog from 1992 you know doing backup raps for Dr. Dre I yeah. mean, that's just who he is you know he's Snoop Doggy Dog Dogg. yes Doggy Style you know with like Warren G and, uh, and Nate Dog remember those guys yeah, remember this was, is good this is impressive remember, I do
1: remember, remember them Warren yes, G and you. Nate
2: Dog yeah I, I, so, I am well aware of that. it. I believe that the Nate Dog is dead
1: Nate Dog did uh, he did recently deceased
2: the yeah. Nate Dog uh, passed no, away no it's what actually about three, three
1: or away? four years ago about three or four years ago yeah. I believe
2: did Warren G ever uh have much of a career after that initial.
1: No, he he actually released a little album
2: through in nineteen ninety five.
1: Yeah, with regulate No, he's uh, he's kinda just been Warren G since then. He he'll jump on here and there and do some stuff. He he just released a new album uh about a month or so ago. It's okay. It's like a G Funk album. He's like, Hey, I'm doing this still, like listen to me. Like right when Compton came out, he was like, Hey, I still make this type of music and like nobody really. Is Dr.
2: Warren Dre. G the kind of guy where his friends who are legitimate stars will throw him a bone and do a song featuring Warren G every now and, uh, and then? Sometimes, just-
1: yeah. Well, he's um, he's connected, though. I think he is – who is he? He's Dr. Dre's cousin, I think. Something, um,
2: like that. Something like that.
1: Yeah, and he he does stuff here and there, and he's been on different shows. He he actually is in his own little businesses that he does now. He doesn't do as much rap anymore. He kind of – after this DJ and Regulate, he kind of just – Fell to the base hey, side, he's trouble.
2: probably making money doing nothing but sticking his gets, name on he, other. He stuff. probably gets like
1: $20,000 a month from regulate still playing on like radio stations, you know, hip hop stations all over the country. Like that dude's doing okay. Is
2: Craig Mack still a thing?
1: Craig Mack is not still a thing, unfortunately. I I apologize. I don't I don't know what Craig Mack is doing these days.
2: What was his big hit? He had a huge
1: hit. Uh Flavor in Your Ear.
2: That was it. It's Flavor it's in Your yes. Ear. Yes, Craig Mack.
1: Yes, I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I have no idea what Craig Mack is doing these days. He
2: can't possibly still be on the scene. He's one of those guys. No,
1: no, I haven't seen his name in in since honestly, like 1997 is the last time I saw Craig Mack featured in anything.
2: It was like you knew when Flavor in Your Ear was (laughs) was 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 stopped. You know, when that ran its course, you knew that that guy would just that was the end of Craig. Yeah, you just knew it in the moment. You don't. You didn't need to be a rap aficionado, and certainly I was not, to know that that guy had no future. So you, he was kind of like, you know, a wrestler comes along and you just, it's, a, you know, like Conor. We know Conor has no future when the Ascension gets cut. Conor yeah. is the Craig Mack of wrestling. You know? yeah. When the Ascension's time is up, uh, Conor is done, much like Craig Mack was finished when Flava in your ear was no longer a thing. You see, that's just the way it was going to go for him.
1: Craig Mack uh, currently resides in the Overcomer Ministry located in Waterboro, South Carolina.
2: Oh, he went to the. He went to the, He's a man of the yeah. cloth now.
1: That happens to a lot of the old rappers.
2: Hey, you know who else did that? Ace.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were gonna draw. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have let you do it. T- You're so proud. Am impressing
2: you with my? Uh,
1: you are impressing me pretty listening. good. Yeah. You, unfortunately, I mean, it all ended in like 1999. Your your rap really knowledge, but that's fine. But that's really okay. But the, this is better than I thought. I didn't think you would know Craig Madsen. So
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm a worldly man. I know I I'm I I know a wide variety of topics.
1: What's your other 90s hip-hop that you like? Wait what's till, what's let me tell about? you.
2: Let me throw a little plug in here. Yeah. Wait until Lanza Unfiltered drops. I'm going to have all kinds of topics that you that you will not know that I'm well-versed in. But let's talk about Mace here for a second, OK? Yeah. I legitimately thought Mace was a slow person when he when he first <laughs> came out. I No, I'm not making a joke like when Mace when Mace came out like with Puff Daddy remember he had yeah. his Mace World album and all
1: that yeah Mo Money Mo Problems yeah. Obviously is big. They, yeah they
2: were dancing in their velour suits in the desert in that mm-hmm. one video listen I legitimately thought
1: that's Can't Nobody Hold Me Down in case you're curious. Yes. You remember the velour suits in the... Oh, God, yeah. Like, yes.
2: why are they wearing velour
1: suits? Because Moment Problems is the one where they're in, like, a tube, uh, like a, a floating tube, and they're, like, puffy vests.
2: Yeah, like, outside the yacht and all that.
1: Yes, yeah, but Can't Hold Me Down is everybody's chilling in the... Uh, Absolutely. The-
2: and it's, like, my big question was... Why would you wear a velour jumpsuit in the desert that's not – you're going to sweat a lot. Like that's the wrong thing to wear in the desert. You would think that you'd wear like maybe like a wife beater and some shorts or something like that. Why a velour suit that never – and they're dancing in the velour suit. That couldn't have been comfortable. But the point here, Rich, I legitimately thought, hand the God, that he was handicapped. I thought he was like a slow person by the way his cadence was and the way his – he had a handicapped face. The guy – look, he had like a retarded
1: guy's face now it is now it is officially the show that will get us in trouble so there you
2: No, go. why because i thought mace was handicapped i yeah, yeah I mean, you, know, okay. you don't think he looked handicapped no i
1: mean he did i enjoyed him as a kid i, I was like sounded, 10 i was like 10 so i don't know if i knew what that was but yeah he
2: sounded handicapped to me like the way he would slur his words I thought he was just like a slow person, and I was like proud of him. I was like, oh, look at this guy. Here's a slow person making it in the rap world. That can't be easy. You know what I mean? Like especially in the cut world, you know, the cutthroat world.
1: Yeah, bad boy entertainment. Yeah. yeah,
2: like to make it as a slow person. I didn't find out until years later when he was like a minister. So then I started asking questions. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second now. This is a guy who was mentally handicapped, who not only was a successful rapper, but now he's like a minister. Something doesn't add up. So I did a little research, and it turns out he's of normal intelligence. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought he was like missing a chromosome or something. I thought he was just a slow guy. I don't know. That's how he came off to me. I'll tell you another thing. about. It. I got another Mace story. You ready for this one? Yeah. Okay. I know you're editing all this out. because
1: oh, I'm not. No, I'm not. getting results yeah. here. No, this is great. Why would I care? This is 90s hip hop. We should do a whole podcast on 90s hip hop. Like, fuck this wrestling shit.
2: I dated a girl once, right? And casually in conversation, just like, because I think I was telling her my Mace slow person theory. Mm-hmm. In fact, she said to me, just in the most whimsical way possible, you know, we're having a chuckle, we're having good times, whatever. And she goes, Yeah, you know, when I was like 11, I had the biggest crush on Mace, and I broke up with her. I couldn't handle it.
1: He wasn't a very good-looking guy. She doesn't
2: know that that's why I broke up with her. But I could not handle (laughs) that this person was attracted to Mace at any point in her life, even though she was like 13. Whatever age. I don't even know what age she said. It was probably older than 11 because the timelines don't match up. Oh,
1: he had a good little smile. I'm looking at him now. Yeah, okay. Never mind.
2: I couldn't couldn't deal with it, Rich, because this was a person who I thought was a slow person. I didn't think he was a good-looking person. I thought it was so strange why would you be attracted to mace and be attracted <laughs> to Lanza it doesn't make sense
1: yeah that's a weird yeah and
2: it bugged me out because then i was thinking oh man i'm not her type
1: it that is something i do think of of when i look at like and and i'm not one of those guys that like goes back and like really cares about like ex-boyfriends or whatever but when you see a weird spectrum of like dudes like like w- w- when when i'll start dating a girl or whatever and and you know with the advent of facebook you know sometimes you'll go look through and you look at like old boyfriends and that sort of stuff but when i see girls and they like like the thing the the Guys that they like are just this complete. Like, I'm like, what, I, I'm not your type. Like, <laughs> do you have a type? Like, I feel like you should have a type. Yeah, right? like, like, look, like, I'm, I'm confused. by people that don't have a type. Like, if you looked at my old girlfriends, you would be like, my god, that man loves like five four and under brunettes, right? It's not hard to tell what my type is. Right. No blondes, nothing like that. And that's, and that's not me being mean or whatever. I've just, that's what I'm attracted to. But like people where it's like, at one point I dated this Mexican dude and then I dated this black guy and then I dated this like really tall guy and then this really short guy and then this like blonde guy and then this brown haired guy. And then this, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is all this? Like, pick a lane. Like, you can't do all this. Look,
2: man, I had to get rid of her. Like if if someone would have said to me, yeah,
1: you and Mace couldn't be we farther. Can't be spectrum. further
2: on the spectrum. It's like if, if 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 like if I'm dating a girl and she turned to me and she was like, you know, I'm really attracted to Charlie Sheen. I could almost buy that. We're both white guys. We both kind of kind of almost look the same. That wouldn't bother me. Or if someone was like, you know, I was really attracted to uh, Christopher Moltisanti on The Sopranos. I could buy that too. We're both Italian. We both got big noses. I wouldn't have any problem with that. But if you tell me that you had a crush on Mace. <laughs> On Mace murder, I can't deal with it. Oh, I pi-
1: oh, murder Mace. It was murder Mace.
2: Murder Mace, Mace, whatever. All I could picture was him in that velour jumpsuit dancing in the desert. Rich, <laughs> I would never dance in the desert wearing a velour. Ju- could you see me dancing in a desert with a velour jumpsuit? Let's be honest.
1: Uh, no, not probably not. I mean that would never
2: happen. I mean, you know, I,
1: you and I, you and I doing it maybe.
2: You know, we need to do that. Do. That needs to be, you know, when this Let's when think. this show gets picked up by syndicated radio stations across the world. I think our, our press photo, now it absolutely has to be.
1: Is you and I getting out of like a Bentley wearing our velour suits in this?
2: Dancing in the desert wearing velour suits. Yeah. I mean, and
1: then we got to blow up the Bentley. The Bentley unfortunately has it to It has up, to explode,
2: that's... yes. So whoever's listening to this and wants to invest in the show, this is quite Please the do. investment. That's
1: going to happen because that's a thing that will happen. You have to so. pay
2: for an exploding Bentley and you have to fly us to Arizona. And we have to dance in the desert with velour suits to a Murder Mace song. That has yeah. to be, which song?
1: I can't. Nobody hold me down. We'll this just do it. We'll recreate that whole video. Yes. And, and were
2: they wearing bling? I'm sure they were wearing some bling.
1: Oh, God, yes. A Mace was wearing a big bling. I don't know if uh, Sean Puff Daddy Combs I'm, is wearing I'm
2: ready to dance in the velour suit, man. I think this has to happen.
1: I can't wait to listen to that song when we're done with this stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that song in years. I'm glad you brought it up. It's,
2: there you go. That
1: used to be my thing, Mason and uh, Puff Daddy.
2: For more offensive talk, uh, get ready for yeah. Lanza Unfiltered, which should be coming your way within the uh, next month or so. So, there
1: you go. Oh, wow. Nice. okay. On preview. the
2: Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Are you putting it on the network? Good.
2: Well, what did you think I was going to the... do?
1: Oh, I don't know. I thought you were going to be an asshole and put it somewhere else. You okay. think I'm going rogue here? I thought so. I actually legitimately did. So that's of course good. not.
2: Of course it's going on oh, the good. Voices of
1: Wrestling Network. I was going to say, let's, let's help our numbers there, Chief. What the
2: hell's wrong with you? This is know. how far out of the loop I am. It's like, you, you don't even know what's going on. Like, you don't even bother asking me. I, the other day, we added a podcast. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I wasn't filled in on this, but okay. What did we, what, did we add?
1: what was what did the podcast? It's uh, Michael Michael your boy David McDonald. Oh, I'm going to be there. Yeah, he he does a podcast. It's a casual new He's Japan. He's taking it to
2: the streets with a new
1: podcast. Yes, yeah, he is literally taking it to the streets with a cast a and apparently They done episodes. They're good, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the podcast. Was I familiar it was joining the site? No. no. I only own half the place, but that's okay. I don't <laughs> need to know these things. You know, it's like, you know, you know what? You know what my downfall was, Rich? I'm going to tell you. It was this damn Slack because I only check into the Slack like once a week, and
1: it's yeah. yeah
2: you and the airport, you guys are just fucking wheeling and dealing, cutting deals, making things happen. And I don't know what the hell's going on. You know, um, you know, I'm at work, serving up a piece of mahi to somebody, and you guys are just making shit happen. And and then I have to look. I am I am seeing things happen on the Twitter feed when the followers are seeing it. That's when I find out that shit's going on. It's crazy, but yeah, of course it would be on the void. Why? Okay, good. Why wouldn't the Lanza unfiltered?
1: I'm working on a, a sports podcast that I think is going to throw up on the, uh, the feed as well. So there you go.
0: Again. Um-